to the A for No, B for Yes podcast. This is going to be a really good episode for you. We have probably the biggest lore drop that has ever happened in this game coming up soon. I'm so excited for this. I can't wait to finally talk about the beans and spill them. It's going to be great. The beans. The beans. The juicy beans. beans of this episode. Well, I guess I should introduce myself, right? Because I kind of missed that part. I am Tony Giggles Anthony. I'm a whole bag of pumpkin seeds. My name is Ryan Fonzie, and I'm a bean. My name's Cameron Hagee, and I'm a voided chick. Oh, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> boo. You've you've voided the checks that spilled. you've been you've been sending bean. to the Lumpy Pumpkin. Yeah, I never pay for my soup, man. <laughs> Just voiding. <laughs> Ran up a bad tab. <laughs> just, just my tab is crazy right now, man. They know me all up in that place. <laughs> oh man, you know what would be nice is like to actually be able to get the pumpkin soup when you want. At this point, let's just order it from Nintendo. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wouldn't oh, that be a thing? That. Pre-order Skyward Sword and get a free can of pumpkin soup. You guys saw the pumpkin soup that I posted, right? I had a pumpkin soup. Oh, I did, Legit. yeah. Back, it was back, so back warm. Before that episode aired, Kate and I made a pumpkin soup at home. It was delicious. Isn't it Your good? pumpkin, pumpkin soup's good stuff. It kind of looked like bad tomato soup because I've never seen pumpkin soup in real life. But I take your word for it that it was good. So you make it with a... It's not pumpkin and it's not squash. It's like some fruit. Or if pumpkin's a vegetable in your world, uh, it's some vegetable fruit that is, I can't remember the name of it, but it's its like a green gourd type thing. And that's actually what you, the genuine recipes call for. Otherwise, you're just using butternut squash. Hmm. Yeah, but isn't like an alternate name for that, like just a green pumpkin? Like Pretty much, yeah. It looks like a pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what we made ours out of, but it was really good. Hmm. I think I picked those on a farm once. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. But and, I know you're talking about this crazy lore drop that we have, but we actually have a bunch of uh, side quests that we wanted to kind of cover this episode too. So I know last time we left off, we got our last sacred flame, we got our master sword, and we were told to go to Faron to go back to the uh, temple so that we could activate the gate of time. But um, I think we had a few stops along the way that we wanted to make sure we cleared up first. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think, uh, I, yeah, so we, we decided that we were going to split these up. Uh, there's about six of them we're going to cover around our main story for this week. Um, and we've, uh, or I've, I guess, volunteered to do the first two that we were going to cover. Um, so if you guys don't mind, I'll jump right into that. Yeah. I know that at least one of mine is not unlocked until after we do the story thing that we're going to do. So do we want to wait till after, or does that not really matter? Yeah, yeah, we'll wait till after for that. Okay. So we're going to start with three now. I have two, and I think uh, Anthony has one, and then we're going to do our our next part of the story, and then Anthony will pick up with a side quest after that, and then yours are at the very end. Okay. Cool. So the first one is the Lost Rattle, right? So so you might know Love and Birdie. They're the two lovebirds that run the soup. Well, not soup shop. It's a potion shop, but they kind of run it like a soup shop because they just have big cauldrons of soup sitting out. And you know, they basically say, hey, take your bottle and just dip it in and get whatever you want. Um, Love makes the potions and Birdie will like infuse them with bugs. Like that's the whole point of the bug catching in this game um, is so that you can like power up your potions. 
uh, I know, right? Kind of a precursor to the Breath of the Wild, like making potions out of bugs and monster parts and stuff like that. It's like, you know, this potion's great, but what if you put a dragonfly in it? <laughs> you know what would really give this stamina potion a kick? <laughs> if I just crushed up a praying mantis yeah. and chucked it right in just there. Just throw a couple dung beetles in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> So uh, they run the shop, but they also have a baby, and the baby has been Birdie's responsibility for the most part. He is like the the most selfless dad in all of Skyloft. Like this dude has been up at night with this crying baby. He he has it on his back all the time. Like his wife like runs the business and always gets good sleep, and he's just kind of there trying to support and keep his family going. And um, even though he like makes the potions better he doesn't describe it that way he's just like oh yeah you know like i tried doing a little bit of side stuff like you know sometimes i'll mix some stuff in just to give him a little bit of you know like variability or whatever like he doesn't really claim that he's enhancing them as much as it's more just like i'm supporting the business so uh at this point in the game he will talk to you about how the baby has been going crazy lately and is missing something and he asks you to come and talk to him at night so if you go to their house at night um, you can sleep in his bed because he ain't going to use it. Um, you'll wake up and you'll find him, uh, like with the baby trying to get it to go to sleep, but it just will not. And what he explains to you is that the baby lost its rattle. So a bird actually stole it. You, um, you walk into this man's house and you sleep in his bed right in front of him? Well, he ain't going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is some Skyrim Oblivion level stuff right here. I like it. Yeah, right. Just walking into people's homes. You can do that to almost everybody in the game. This is oh my god. Sleeps ex- except for Love. Love is the only character who actually sleeps in their bed at night. Well, we know who's I working. Know why that is. <laughs> yeah. So, so the the biggest clue is that a bird stole this rattle. So you go out and you see, you know that windmill that's in the middle of Skyloft. Like, not the ones that you can turn to, you know, make the lighthouse show up, but there's, like, another windmill that's right by the water. Um, it actually has a bird's nest up on top of it. Hmm. And um, there's two ways you can get into that bird's nest because, I mean, spoiler, that's that's where the rattle is. Um, the first method is the method I've always done. I never really tried anything else. Um, is if you go up on the beetle ship, like, right when it's right next to it, you can actually... Um, like get up onto like you can climb the ladder that's on a ship and get a good view of it and you'll see that there's actually like a mound of dust and the rattle's stuck in it it's like you know supposed to be like bird feathers or something maybe bird droppings i don't know <laughs> but it's there and it's it's all over this rattle um there's no like eggs or birds in the nest it's pretty much abandoned except for the rattle and a couple of rupees um, and what you need to do if you go this route is you take the gust bellows and you clean off the nest and then you can send out your beetle and it'll go and it'll grab the, it'll grab the, uh, the rattle for you. And then you just get it when you bring the beetle back and that's how you return. So you go and you return it back to birdie and he gives you the gratitude crystals because you know, he's grateful. Um, the other method is to wait until you have the double claw shot, um, you know, shoot your way up and there's a, you can get to the top of the waterfall that's across the water and you can actually jump and do a dive like you're like, you know, diving off of the side of Skyloft. Like he does the whole like animation thing yeah. and you can direct link all the way over to the bird's nest and land in it that way. Um, and you can pretty much just, you again, use the gust bellows, dust it off and then just pick it up directly. I didn't know you could do that <laughs> until I was like trying to refresh myself on like 
you know, the whole story today. Like I went back in onto Google and I was like, oh, wait, there's another way you can do that. Like it literally had both ways. It, it started by showing me the way that I've never done. And I was like, that's not what I did. And then it was like underneath it was like alternate methods. And I was like, yeah, there's me. <laughs> so, so that was pretty cool. I've always thought it was kind of funny about like how they're like a couple named after lovebirds and they have a baby and you know, like it's cool. Like they run a family business together. Like I just think they're a cool fam. The other, the other side quest that, that I'm responsible for this episode is called Fledge's Workout. Do you guys do this one? I have not no. yet. No. So Fledge is our friend from the, the Knights Academy. He's the dude who um, didn't qualify for the uh the wing ceremony at the beginning of the game poor fledge um not that he really shares that with you but he's the dude who also couldn't lift barrels you know like he was really struggling to get his job done um dude is uh i mean honestly if you look at him he's he's deceptively large like this dude like i think if you were to like rank the people in skyloft according to their size you'd have like Aegis and gapora who are about even but Gapora's like more yeah, Gapora is giant, but he's not really muscular. He's just a big dude. Whereas Aegis is like you know straight up um, gym stud rat. muffin. Yeah, you know, gym over rat there. Guy. Like, he's just huge Jack goes Jack body fitness every day. Yeah. And then you know back in the day you would have like Ga- I mean you still have Gondo now, but then back in the day you'd have Groose, and I think Groose and Gondo are probably about the same too. Um, they're like the next tier, and um and Fledge is maybe like just shy of that. Like he's He's like the next biggest dude, <laughs> but, um, but he talks, you know, like he's super soft spoken and he's like, not, not strong and capable like at all. Um, so he, uh, he kind of like, you know, he asked you for your help. He's like, like if you go into his room at night or, you know, go and visit him, he'll, you can catch him like doing pushups in his room, but he can only do like two or three. Like he's really, really weak. <laughs> and he like basically says like, Hey, you know, like I've been thinking, like I just, you know, like, he, he basically looks up to you as, like, inspiration. He's like, I really need to be, like, more competent, <laughs> you know? Like, I need to be a stronger person if I want to, like, be a knight in this academy, you know? Yeah. And he asks you if there's any way you can help. He's like, I really just don't know what to do. And um, if only I had something that, you know, help me keep going or help give me more energy. It's like, I just don't have any stamina, right? Which is kind of your hint. So, you actually can go back to our potion friends, Love and Birdie. <laughs> And you can purchase a stamina potion and take it back to him at night. You know, the first one he takes kind of helps him out. Like the next day, if you go back to his room at night, like it, it'll basically be like, you know, he could do like six or seven pushups now, but he's still pretty weak. So he's like, man, do you have any more of that stamina potion? Like it really helped me out. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, not, not so sure about that. Got him hooked. But, um, right. He's, he's juicing a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. So you can go and give him another stamina potion. You know, originally I wanted to see if I gave him an enhanced stamina potion, if it would do anything different, but I never did it. Like I just, I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity at the time. Like when I went to go talk to Love and Birdie, he was like, Hey, you got that, uh, you got one of them Skyloft mantises. And I was like, that is the one bug I do not have, sir. <laughs> so I didn't get to try it, but one of these playthroughs, I would like to try it <laughs> just to see if it does anything different. You take him a second stamina potion. And like he's he's super grateful, and like the next time that you go to talk to him at night, my dude's doing like four thousand pushups. <laughs> like, what? Like he just he, he just yeah he, he rock becomes a pushup machine. Turns man. into Goku over you. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like it's, when you go through this quest, it's one of the it's one of the better ones in terms of comedy because at some point he's like. 
like after you give him the second stamina potion, like he asks you like, Hey, like, you know, like I, I'm not really sure about my routine. Like how many pushups do you think I should be doing? And like, you can give him options like into like, just, you know, until you like, you should do so many, you can't count it <laughs> or, or like, like just <laughs> random stuff that you can tell him. Or it's like, Oh, the number doesn't matter. And he's like, Oh, you're, so what you're saying is I should just keep going until I can't remember how many I've done. And I'm like, bro. Yes. You can't, you can do like six or seven right now. I, I don't know if I would <laughs> like, yeah, you're setting your bar kind of high and then you go back and he's like counting like 3,997. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh no. He's going to be picking up all the barrels. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he's, he's super grateful. Cause clearly you like, you helped him out with his workout. I, I don't even know if like, he has some other dialogue with you that's basically, you know, you basically tell him like, "Hey, I think you're, I think you're doing good. Like, I think you've done enough. <laughs> like, you should probably chill." And he's like, "Yeah, I should probably figure out some other way to, to work out. I think all these push-ups, you know, I only have the one, the one thing that I do. Like, I should probably mix up my routine, right?" And so, like during the day, you can find Fledge, I and mean, you've always been able to find Fledge outside of the, the actual like where Egus is inside that night's training room. Like, he just kind of meanders out in that out in that uh yard there and so you can go to him now after after he's done this workout and he's standing next to a pile of pumpkins and he basically tells you like hey i have this idea for this game that we can play plus it'll help me get you know my workout at like a varied workout he's like i'm gonna throw these pumpkins and you shoot them with that bow that you have which is why you can't like finish this quest until after you've gotten the sacred bow and so you get a new mini game where he basically chucks pumpkins across the yard and you have to shoot them with your bow. He'll throw like magical ones that like ones that's kind of sparkle and they're worth double points. And like every time you shoot them in a row, you get like a multiplier added on to your point score. So it's kind of cool. Like it's a, I don't know, it's a, you know, it's, it's an archery mini game. They're, they're, you know, we're wondering if you have, if we had one of them in this game, we do. It's, it's Fledge and his pumpkin chucking skills. And, um, if you win it, you get a heart piece. So. Oh, pretty pretty cool stuff. That should be a new Olympic sport right there, pumpkin chucking. <laughs> pumpkin chucking. Pumpkin chucking. It's pretty good. And next up, really, we have Chuck up, for chunk, chunk <laughs> chuck up for chucking pumpkins. Chuck up for chucking. How many pumpkins could a chuck chuck? <laughs> if you could chuck pumpkin chuck. How far can Chuck Norris chuck a pumpkin? I'd imagine um, around the world. <laughs> five times. All right, yeah, that's enough of that. <laughs> I don't think we need Chuck Norris jokes today. That's enough of the Norris. It's, it's early 2000s, man. We can't go back to that meme that meme age. We got a stake in the modern age, right? <laughs> Based. Something like that. Um, but speaking of pumpkins, I think our next our next side quest has to do with pumpkin landing. It does. You know, I, I, I got a joke here for you. You know, tell me that you plow pumpkins without telling me you plow pumpkins. <laughs> what? I don't know. All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sell me forty pumpkins. This this next uh, this next quest here, right? So it has us going back to Pumpkin Landing because you know, lo and behold, there is a new job for us at Pumpkin Landing. Uh, you go and talk to Mister Big Boy Mustache Man Bun, like top tier Pumpkin Man. I forget his name. Pum. His um, name is Pum. Top yeah, tier man. pumpkin man. Yeah, you know, he's buff. He's got a man bun. He's, it's great. So you go to talk to him, and he's like, I don't got any work for you, but go check out what Kina has because she's got something for you. So you're like, oh, okay, I'll, you know, I'll go check with Kina then. 
So you go out there and she's like, man, we're ready to plant new seeds thanks to all the hard work you did carrying those pumpkins for me. So I would like to see if you know someone who could plow my fields or maybe you can do it. And Link's like, oh, no, no, no. I got someone. And then (laughs) she gets all excited and she's like, all right, well, you know, bring them here right away. I need you to find them. And then Fee pops out and then does her annoying, you know, hey, I I can tell you this and I can do this for you and I can give you a new dousing ability to find the person, which actually is pretty, pretty good in this situation because I would have had no clue who it was. I, I had a clue. I had a thought it was a magma that we had to bring that we had to find. I had I knew it was a magma that, you know, who else digs or plows, right? But I had no clue which yeah. one at all. Not a single clue which one it was. So you get the dowsing target, and then it leads you to the Elden's Volcano. And you touch down, I think it's like towards the beginning area. And you, you just go through the Elden's Volcano, you know, grab some more Elden Ores if you need them, because, you know, they're always useful. Get some more rupees. Maybe play Thrill Digger while you're at it. Because when you go to Elden's Volcano, why would you not ever play that stopping by? I mean, I did, you know. It's, it's, it's almost heresy <laughs> to not play that game in Elden's Volcano. <laughs> I mean, should I confess? I, I didn't. Oh, how dare you? I haven't played. I haven't played Thrill Digger nearly as much as I thought I would. Okay. Did you get your thrill <laughs> in the first like thirty times you did it on stream? Well, it turns out Fun Fun Island is way faster, uh, <laughs> and I've already like bought everything that Beetle ever had to sell. So there's no reason to get you did. Anymore. Oh, I haven't bought everything. I yet. just I just walk around with a full wallet all the time. What am I supposed to do? Buy it's pumpkin that soup. Thrill Digger. Thrill Digger. All right, <laughs> so we get to the volcano and you start to use your dowsing. All of the stuff that's in the volcano is still there. So like if you remember going through the volcano with, uh, what's his name, Scrapper, all of the plants and all that other junk is still there. It, it's still changed the way that it was. And you're going to want to go through that central like shaft that was there. I don't really know how to explain the central shaft, but it's like a central shaft you can fly down and like kind of like flying squirrel your way down and make yeah, sure the, the interwebs called it a volcanic cone did they okay. i always thought of it as like a mine shaft but yeah it, it, i mean i guess it makes sense a volcanic cone yeah i don't know a volcanic cone sounds right uh it makes sure you get the elden ore that's in a chest there because like you can never have enough ore ever ever especially if you want to get the, the upgraded bow you're gonna be needing that ore or so really <laughs> that's not ironic 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 oh no all right so anyway we we, we fly down this mine shaft here and there is a nice and friendly magma awaiting us on one of the pillars make sure you get the right pillar you're gonna have to do this junk over again and it is gould gould the magma and what Gould says is he's basically like, you know, I'm kind of searching for new treasure spots, but, you know, it's kind of boring down here in the volcano. And I kind of want a job that, like, you know, plays to my strength. I don't know if I'm really fit for this treasure hunting business anymore. And I'd like a cooler climate. And Link's like, cooler climate? Oh, I've got just the place. So, you know, we go over to uh, Majora's Mask in the ice place. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> what? Or I was oh sorry, Ice Cavern in Ocarina of Time, not Majora's Mask. E- either I mean, there's a whole ice head. There's like a snowhead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's so, a nice place. Uh, yeah, Link knows a place. So we select this option, or you say keep dreaming. Like I don't know anything, man. Keep dreaming. There's no cool climate places here. All volcanoes, all of it. <laughs> and then you tell him, no, no, you do got something. He's like, it's in the sky. It's in the sky. And then he says it like again, really loudly in all capital letters. It's in the sky. <laughs> and he's like, where do I sign up? I'm in right now. Let's go right now. This <laughs> second, we're going right now to the sky. So if he jumps yeah. out, Scrapper comes down, and it's funny. It's just Scrapper just like picks him up by his like abdomen, and just like all right, let's go. <laughs> Pick up a whole I got, mole. I got the object. Yeah, <laughs> clearly, clearly you got the object. And it's so funny, like watching his little like feet and arms dangle while Scrapper's holding them. <laughs> it's like he's on like a little swing set, and he's just like la 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 la. But uh, it, rem- it reminds me of like in The Wind Waker when you have one of the sages. They just ride on the head of the boat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, they're just there. Their you feet can just, just take dangling. them around all of the great ocean. And then this one, you just fly around the sky with them. With and, the scrapper <laughs> and for our <laughs> next stop on the great ocean tour, we have the fortress of... <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we get up to the sky and we start to bring him back to the lumpy... Oh, I almost did it there. I almost said Lumpsky. You said it. You said you said the right one. I know. I'm so, I'm so impressed. So we get back to the Lumpkey Pumpkin. Oh, Lumpkey. And we talk to Kina and she's like, oh, you found someone. Wow. Wait a second. This is not a guy. It's a mole guy. And he's like, oh, come <laughs> on, man. You seriously trying to get me to work all day on a field? Like, I wanted to retire and you're bringing me to work? What is this junk? He said he was looking for like a change in his career. And then you get him up there and he's like, is this it? Do I have to work? What? <laughs> and then he's like, all right, well, I'll you try my play best. around in the dirt. Get out of here. <laughs> That's what I wanted to not do, man. It's important. So he plows the field and he's like, this is child's play for us, Magma. He's like, ooh, she's like so impressed. She's like, all right, again, again, again. And then he just like <laughs> goes off to plow the rest of the field. Man, Kina, Kina is a supervisor. Straight up girl boss over here. Just doesn't even. She's just. She just doesn't do anything. Like, whole rest of the game, you come back here and she's just chilling out there watching Gold do all the work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Kina, do you. <laughs> she's um, got that mentality. She's a supervisor. Boss mentality. That's what she does. She's supervising, making sure the Magmas don't go crazy. I just imagine him like digging down like underground and falling out of his island. <laughs> like, that's oh god! I can, oh like, god! Just no. like, bro, don't make any tunnels. That would be. I don't, I don't know how these islands float, but if you just start digging in one, I don't know if there's consequences to that or not. I I wouldn't. But he doesn't. He just he just plows the top surface level with all the pumpkins. Yeah, he just goes goes and goes an goes and power. goes. It's too easy for him, man. Too easy. All right, well, that's the end of the Plow Needed quest. Uh, that is the precursor to the last quest, which I, you know, I wanted to say, uh, I had I had initially thought that you needed to do all of the next parts for it. So I had procrastinated on that for, like, till yesterday because I was thinking, wait a minute, <laughs> you can't actually do these quests until you get you know you do the thing with things and the things and you get the things 
And it turns it's very out helpful for our listeners. It turns out <laughs> you can. It turns out you can indeed do the quest. Uh, yeah, once you get the three songs, the three goddess songs, then you can do the quest. Yeah. I guess if you're paying attention to your like inventory screen, you'll see that there's like a slot for another song and that we don't have it, but you don't need every song. You just need the three the goddess songs. Yeah. Yeah. So the internet lied and it said that once you complete all of them, all of them, you can initiate it. And I was like, oh, and then I like went in there and I'm like, wait a minute, I can do this. <laughs> so like, you walk, well, yeah, we'll wait, we'll wait till later because we have another quest. We have a structure and an itinerary that we need to follow. We have to stick to the plan, plan, guys. Yeah, guys. We're breaking now, we'll never find it again. Stick oh to the plan, God. guys. Planetize me, Captain. So we decided to quit wasting everybody's time and get back to the main plot. Yeah. Right? And so we go back down to uh, Faron Woods where we can go back to the Sealed Temple. Uh, in order to open up that gate of time like we were always supposed to do. And this is the first time. Of getting all the flames. This is the first time I got to see Groose's new invention. Yeah. <laughs> you saw it. Nice. And he's not even out there to show it to you right now. He's inside the sealed temple. Yeah, no, he's nowhere he'll, to be seen. He'll, he'll he'll say something along the lines of, oh, by the way, Groose. Groose update. This is like the biggest Groose update. This is like Boom. the Groose update that you play the game for. <laughs> This is Gruce's. This is the grusiest of the Gruce updates. This is Gruce's glow up. His gloose up. Get your hair gel ready. Get your, get your hair gel ready. Stop <laughs> for the Gruce. His 15 uh, Gruces of fame. But um, he'll basically, if you talk to him right now, he'll be like, oh, did you see that thing outside? Yeah, don't worry about what that's for. I'm sure we'll be using it soon enough. Like, And soon yeah. enough couldn't come soon enough. Right, so you talk to uh, the old lady, and she's like, "Yeah, use your use your uh, sword. You got the uh, the sacred force now is within that blade. So go ahead and uh, raise it skyward and open up the gate like we always uh, said you should do." And so you go to do it. You put your sword up in the sky, and it goes shing, and then all of a sudden you hear a big old rumble and a roar. Toothy. All right, before Toothy. we before we hear that rumble and that roar, I want to say how angry I was that I couldn't do the skyward sword strike because. I initially had walked right up to the platform on the other side of the lady, and I tried to do the Skyward Strike, and the second, like, you're about to, like, unleash your sword, the old lady stops you and is like, oh, wah, 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 wah. and then, like, <laughs> so, like, she just says, like, some, ra- I don't even remember what it was, but it was just a one-line sentence, and so you have to go talk to her to initiate the conversation, which it then tells, entails you to go do the same thing I was just about to go do. Until she interrupted me with her speech, and then I tried to do it again, and then I was like, and I'm like, <laughs> let me do it. Hilarious. It's a wonderful impression of the old lady, by the way. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, it's like if the old lady was in a Charlie Brown at Christmas. <laughs> so, so the old lady tells us that bad things is happening outside, and we gotta go stop it. Yeah, and Groose is like, "I'm a help." Did you see what I built? It's gonna help. You're gonna see. <laughs> Groose has some of the best lines in the whole game, right here. Like he is the com- comic relief in this in this moment, um, because he's like, "Let's go get that flabby bag of teeth." I'm like, "Yes, Groose. <laughs> yes, talk about it." 
And we get out there and he's like, let me show you my invention. He gets up there and he's like, try not to drool on your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) My latest invention, the Grusinator. Yes, yes. the Grusinator. So good. Beautiful. Here we go. Oh, my goodness. And he's like, you just get down there. I still got a few more like last minute tweaks I got to I got to do on here, but I'll let you know when it's ready. So you get down there and the imprisoned comes out. And the imprisoned has arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Toothy's flexing. And that's like it's a zombie. Yeah, and that's like a that's like a big reveal. But guess who cuts in? It's Groose with another banger, as he says. I hope it can catch. That machine's got a mean right arm. <laughs> Groose is the best. I'm like, yeah, bro. I bet it can't. But we gonna do this. He's great. Oh man, he's such a hype beast. This dude. Mm-hmm. He's so excited to try out his invention. And you know what his invention is called, right? Yeah, yes, it's the Grusinator. The Grusinator. Oh, we got to that. My bad. Yeah, we did. We did say that. Did uh, you Did you leave and come back? No. I just... Uh, he right. got Grusinated across the room real quick. Had to come back. I was just... You know? I was in so much awe of talking about Grus. I just... You know, I just missed it. Maybe I got a little bit I of hair gel in my ears. <laughs> I mean, we did say to get your hair gel ready. <laughs> um... But this thing is, I mean, this thing isn't, pr- I would be, I would be excited to use it too if I built that thing. Mm-hmm. The, the little, the beams that he used to build it are bigger than him. Like he just straight up and there's never any cranes involved as far as I can tell. My dude just barehanded threw this thing together. I mean, do you see how He's big like, oh, the yeah, I got are? rid of some of the gates and the instructions and I just, you know, put up a track and a, you know, a little catapult. Have you seen how big the nails are that are like connecting the platforms together? Like, those nails are, like, almost half a foot long. It's a good five, six-inch nails. Yeah. Maybe more. It's those those railroad spikes, man. Yeah. Yeah. He just grused them in there. He just grused them right in, man. He's the old grease wax. Put a little bit of elbow grease on that project. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. My dude is ready to see his fate through. Like, he, he straight up is like, yeah, it's my destiny now, apparently. I'm after it. Granny told me I had a job to play, and I'm playing it, bro. I love how he calls her Granny. Yeah. He does call her Granny. Apparently, that's where the relationship is at now. <laughs> Fantastic. They're family, man. So, uh, so we fight the imprisoned again. He's trying to cheat this Who time. has a few new moves. To keep the actual count, it's the second time. <laughs> yeah, he does have a few new moves. He can climb walls. Mm-hmm. Slowly. Yeah, it's still the case that you can jump on his face and hit the spike down, but he will try to throw you off, I believe. Maybe that's the... What you could also do is yeah, just... Yeah, he does. Go up to the top and smack his little fingies to knock him <laughs> off. Yeah, if he tries to climb up, you can get up there and just smack his fingers. And you're like, nah. So here's, or, here's a funny thing. Yeah, go ahead. I was in the fight with him. And I didn't like see, ever see his animation for climbing a wall yet. It was the first time he did it. And I was falling down, like taking the middle where the spire comes out of and get shot way up above the whole thing. And I was falling down. And his animation to start going for the climb, like brought his one hand up. And he kind of just literally swooshed me away. In the middle of the animation for getting on the wall, his hand came up and it just pushed me off to the side. And I totally missed him. It was his, like the movement of it literally looked like he was just like... Uh, backhand slapping me away from him. He does have a pretty big hitbox, so that's probably why. It was, yeah, it was hilarious, but also frustrating. Yeah. 
I think I think the first time I went to go get up a platform or to do what you did, like go to the center and fly up or whatever, it went into that animation or like something happened where there was like a cutscene. Yeah, the first time lasted, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it lasted so long that Link just fell to the ground in the wrong spot because I was like midair when it triggered and I was like, seriously, game? <laughs> like I was kind of in the middle of doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened to me too. <laughs> That's when Grusa uh, yeah. gives you the final, like, he, he actually is like, okay, now you need to hit the X button. I love how they break the fourth <laughs> wall like that, too. They're like, you know how to use this thing? Like, how? Like, you hit the X button. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you, pu- you push the button on your remote, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. Switching over to Grus so he can shoot the cannon and do the thing. He's got a Grus in it. And I'm pretty sure the he has special bombs for it, too, that are grown to, like, yeah. five, like, I don't Five times the size of regular bomb. Before I even went into the sealed temple, I found that bomb. And I picked that bomb up. (laughs) And you can pick that bomb up. (laughs) You can't. You can't pocket it, but you can pick it up. Yeah. I don't know what uh, you're supposed to do with it once you have it. I tried to put it in the catapult, but it would not take it. Nah. Well, yeah. It's like, welcome to Hyrule Weekly. On today's news, we have... The new bomb. You thought that the Goron special crop was something? Well, wait until you try on the G bomb. <laughs> How about the, the Goron special mollywop? Yeah, G bomb for short. Oh, alright. G explosion. The Groose okay. boom. <laughs> the Groose boom. Actually, why don't we just call it the Grusinator ammo? I said <laughs> boom, Groose boom. I said a boom, Groose boom. <laughs> I'm glad you know that. All right. Well, <laughs> so we eventually beat this guy. I mean, he tries to climb walls, but it really doesn't add that much of a difference. What's um, annoying? Because, I mean, most of the methods that we've had before still work, plus now we have the gruesome bombs, and they help a lot. What's annoying with this fight was that I had beaten him. So first I knocked all his toes off in the beginning, knocked him over before he even got anywhere from the bottom area. And then beat his head in. And then I jumped up to the top. He started to try to climb up. I knocked his fingers off. And then I jumped on top of his head and sliced him that way. And then after you do that twice, he becomes a whale or a penguin that defies (laughs) gravity and slides up a vertical slope for like the whole distance until the very end, which is really annoying. So like not no matter how much like how fast you knock him down like he's gonna slide to the same spot which is like very danger close to like the temple yeah yeah it can be pretty rough i remember like it's like no matter where you are in the last the last battle is going to take place where you're basically jumping off of the rail to get to his face it's all good though oops sorry i had i mean we do beat him right i had uh actually i failed the first time did you oh yeah you saw him you saw him get into the sealed temple and yeah 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 Oh, what's so the animation like? Everything bad happened on the first time I played this. It was <laughs> no. first what you said, Fonz, where you go up and then Groose is like, yo, you need to hit the X button. I've totally missed him because of that. Second time is where he just kind of whooshed me off to the side in the middle of an animation. I was like, really? Um, then I shot a bomb at him right before he started climbing because I was like, I didn't. I wanted to see what the cooldown on the bomb was and I hit him, I stunned him but then I couldn't land on him because I was failing left and right the first time I tried this fight again and then he went to climb right after and Groose got off cooldown after he got up there and then he was pretty much right there as soon as he climbed up the wall so I was like, I really failed this and the second time, 
I just destroyed this guy. I got up on, I didn't even use the big middle um, wind thing. I just used the little one to get right up on the ridge and then hop right over onto his head and bam, bam, bam. And then he comes back up a little farther, hop up there, hop onto his head, bam, bam, bam. Nice. I showed no mercy. All right. You just destroyed him. <laughs> yeah, I would be I would be out for vengeance, too, if I saw the cutscene of him destroying the temple. I'd be like, nah, this time. Not granny. Is there actually supposed to be a whole cutscene? Because in, in the remake, all he does is kind of just go up there, and granny's like, and then he just opens his mouth, and then it's the end. Well. He doesn't destroy it or anything. That is the cutscene. <laughs> nah, maybe it's different on the other fights, but I don't, I don't really remember now. Um, I don't think he ever actually like smashes the temple. I think it's always just kind of like he made it. Oh no! I wish he would have like reached out and grabbed Granny with one of his new arms, new hands. <laughs> one of his new arms. She starts freaking out. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! My beard has stopped penduluming. <laughs> my beard. <laughs> you just say it, my beard. I did, even though it's her hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, She's the bearded okay. Granny now. She doesn't have a beard. All right. One day. So we beat this, beat the imprisoned, and we unlock what is like the biggest reveal session yeah. of like All any Zelda game ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they don't even reveal everything. I don't want to like spoil that, but they still, I mean, you only got like what they give you, but they give you so much that you really have to kind of chew on it. And like, it's a lot to think about. So you get back up and you're actually able to use the skyward strike and open up the gate. And um Groose has this moment cuz you're about to like you're about to go in. Um I think, you know, the old lady has some more words for you. But um but they're not really super memorable from what I remember. Um <laughs> of course, that's my memory, so, you know, who knows. But um but right before Link goes in, he kind of looks back at Groose and Groose is like, "Oh no, it's fine. You go on ahead. I'm going to stay back here with Granny. Somebody's got to look after her, you know." Mm-hmm. As if like going through this portal is like this huge thing that they could have done together. I guess I don't know. It was very confusing why Link stopped specifically for Groose. Maybe I think it was because like to see Zelda. Yeah, it was like Link knows that he also cares for Zelda, so he was like, well, "Wait, well, I mean, like you." And then Groose is like, "Nah, man, it's I. Just tell her I say, what's up.'" <laughs> right. He's like, like, he's about to tell you something, and he's like, you know what, forget about it. And then he walks away, and right before he leaves, he turns, and he's like, by the way, when you see Zelda, told her I said, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> what's up? Like, flicks his hair I'm back. like, okay, Chris, I'll be sure to do that. Right? And I actually thought about it. He doesn't. It's, oh. <laughs> I mean, well, he doesn't he tries, say anything, right? so. He might try. Who knows? So, yeah, so we, we, you know, open up this gate, which looks like a bunch of gears that all kind of turn just off of one another as if, like, each gear was in a different moment in time, which is kind of cool. This made my um, OCD trigger, okay? Because he walks you, across it like it's flat. He, he walks across it, right? And Link is not walking on anything, but the gears are there. It's it's like my OCD just triggered. Like, I was like, as I watched Link walk on nothing. I was so mad. <laughs> it wasn't even like confusing. a. It wasn't even like a like a sparkly pathway or nothing. It was just nothing. I was like, "What is this? Like Jack and Daxter, where the graphics were PS One graphics? Like, come on!" Well, at least it looked cool. It did look cool. The gears were cool. So you walk back to the past, and you see the first thing you see is Impa. Like the whole room looks, you know, younger because it is like everything looks kind of restored. And Impa in the past tells you. 
oh yeah, you know, like we're in the, we're in the sealed temple right now. Like you're probably overwhelmed. So let me just dump some information on you. And she kind of gives you a rough rundown of what's going on. She's like, Zelda's in the next room over there. She says, Hey, this is right after the war with the goddess. So, you know, you should probably go over there and, and talk to Zelda. I mean, I don't know what else she says. That's like super significant. Most of my notes are of the conversation with Zelda because that's, that's where like the real talk happens. <laughs> So if you want, I could just kind of go through it real quick, or if you guys want to say anything, like, I'm really interested to know what Cam's reaction was to this, because yeah, again, first time I'm, playing the game. I want to hear it too. But I'll, I'll just go through some of the spark notes real quick. So so you go to Zelda, you find her in the next room over, and she's like, oh, you made it. You know, I was expecting you, what, what have you. Like, she gives you some kind of greeting that basically says, like, yeah, this was part of the plan. And she kind of, she goes into how, where you are right now is is right after the goddess Hylia like she starts dropping names like crazy she doesn't even like tell you hey by the way the goddess's name is Hylia she just casually slips it into sentences like yeah we're in a time right after the goddess Hylia like defeated the demon king demise so there you go like Girahim's been trying to revive the demon king demon king's name is demise and so like this is basically right after Hylia this is shortly after Hylia put the Hylians up into Skyloft, basically. Like, she cut away the piece of Earth, sent it all up, just got through her fight. Here's where we're at. She she talks about how this is a history that we were taught when we were growing up, but now, like, it, it turns out most of it's true. Uh, so here's, in this current situation, Demise is, the seal on Demise is not going to last forever, and, like, basically, like, it, it needs, it needs the power to to like hold it together. So she goes through like a whole conversation with you about how there's a timetable that is inevitable, basically. Yeah. And unlike Pokemon, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, like, like basically like she explains that demise will break out. She explains that demise was seeking the Triforce, which is still another drop because nobody's actually mentioned the Triforce yet in this game. Mm -hmm. I know that's a little bit surprising that we're this far in. With all of the Triforce symbols that we've seen and nobody's actually said the word. So he sought the Triforce that the old gods created and that the goddess Hylia, um, this is right after, you know, she cut away Skyloft, uh, got injured fighting Demise. Um, so she explains this history of how Hylia was gravely injured in the battle. And so she put forward these two plans. One, she created Fee, who would go to help her chosen hero. Mistake. Uh, I um and help him basically grow into the hero that he needs to be. And then the second one is that she would give up her immortal form and allow her spirit to be available for a reincarnation, I guess, and basically come back as Zelda the human. Very um or the Hylian. Very spiritual, very Buddhist. Um much reincarnation. Such wow. There's a bunch of stuff. So she takes the form of a highly because um, while, you know, the Triforce is this power that can, you know, change the world and alter things, um, you can't use it if you're a goddess. Like, if you are a god or a goddess, you can't use the Triforce. Like, when the old gods made it, apparently one of the rules that came along with it was it can't be used by one of our own. Like, it can't be used by a goddess. It can't be used by a deity. Like, it has to be used by a human. And there's, like, a theory on that that she kind of explains... She says, like, I think that they did that so that, you know, humans could have hope. Basically, like, giving them some of the power. Like, yeah, they can't, you know, if they're having trouble with with something that is massive and evil. I don't know. Like, they they are the ones who 
are said to use it, but then she kind of becomes a human so that she can use. Uh, there's like, a, it's, it, honestly, it's the backup plan. Like Zelda using the Triforce, like, isn't even like plan A, <laughs> but it's there. And that's a little bit of a spoiler for me to say that. But um, she basically said like, oh, you know what? Like goddesses can't use the Triforce. So I became a human. And that's the real reveal here is that, you know, the biggest thing about it is that this goddess Hylia is now Zelda. So Zelda, the girl that you grew up with in Skyloft and were like close childhood friends. She, um, as she went around and prayed to the different, uh, not even like goddess statues in this game. Yeah. She went and prayed to the different spirit springs and she got her, like it said, her memories were stirred up and she remembered her past life as Hylia. And what she realized is that she had this purpose to basically maintain the seal that Hylia put on Demise. Um, and that's why she went through and, and had these prayer sessions. And that's why she went to the past. That's why she's here now. She's here to maintain this seal. Um, and she doesn't explain it yet. Um, because she still has something she needs to tell Link. <laughs> um, she basically explains, Hey, the demise is now an abomination. Um, and in fact, you've already fought him twice. So there's the reveal that the imprisoned is also the demon king is also demise. Um, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> you were. You can try so hard. You can not argue to drop though, things on you, but and I don't want to say too much. But you can argue though that the imprisoned is just a, I want to say, collection of evil energy, and it's like it's not necessarily demise, but it's demise's like being, his power, his. It's what represents by his. It's the monster created by his power, and. That's that's what Girahim's trying to resurrect is by using, basically. Yeah. And so if you think about, like, Breath of the Wild, like, okay, you have Ganon, but you also have, like, the Blights, which are, like, kind of these evil conglomerates that resemble Ganon that kind mm-hmm. of do his thing. It's almost like, I, I mean, in, in my head, I kind of hold that the Imprisoned is kind of, like, Demise's version of Ganon. It's like, it's like the monster version that's not a true incarnation. It's just... It's like the Phantom Ganon, so essentially. you're saying that Toothy is basically like Demise, but without his actual consciousness. It's just like his power yeah. that's going rampant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's trying to... It's breaking free of the seal and trying to wreak havoc. And, and basically, Zelda even says, like, even even in his current state, like, he could, he could destroy everything, like, if he's not held in check, which is part of why you need to be there to, to keep that from happening. And so, you know, she, she goes through how... You know, you've been through these these different dungeons and trials and you've gained wisdom by solving puzzles and how through combat you've powered, like you've basically honed yourself and your sword. And so you've gained in power and then through it all, you've gained courage, like true courage, having done all these things um, and basically explains that that symbol on the back of your hand, the Triforce symbol, is a symbol that basically says that you are someone who is worthy of using the Triforce. Like if you had the, if you were actually able to find the real Triforce, you would be able to use it kind of like going back to Ocarina of Time. Like if you're imbalanced, then it would have split up on you or something wouldn't have gone quite the way you wanted it. Basically he has earned the ability to use the full Triforce. And so like, that's something that she tasks you with doing. She's like, you need to go and you need to find the real one so that you can use it to defeat demise once and for all. Um, you needed, and, and basically, like, that's, that's part of why you were chosen in the first place. Like, Hylia needed a hero who had an unbreakable spirit. Um, 
And I guess, according to what I'm reading in this game, there wasn't going to be one. <laughs> there wasn't going to be a hero with an unbreakable spirit for about, you know, thousands and thousands <laughs> of years since the war. Because you are the chosen hero. Like, one of the one of the crazy things about the game is that, like, Skyloft runs on a series of legends. Like, they have that whole hero song that they sing that kind of explains how, you know, there was the goddess and how she gave her sailcloth to the hero and, like, her chosen hero defeated the, you know, like, there's, like, all of this these things. They haven't actually happened yet in it's like future telling our game like yeah because because link is the first chosen hero zelda is the first incarnation of hylia and you guys are from thousands of years in the future and you just use the gate of time to go back in time so the so all of these like oral traditions and all of these legends and all of these things were all basically you guys in the past and you just didn't know it um, yeah. So there is no, I, I know we talked a little bit about how like there, you know, the story of the hero and everything, but there's only, there's only been one and it's you. So that's kind of a, a wild thing because not only did Hylia have to make fee and, you know, give up her mortal form, but she also had to, I guess, set up two gates of time and like account for all of this time travel stuff that had to happen to make it really work. Um, there's just a lot, there's a lot going on. And I guess she was very meticulous. Yeah, I mean, just to just to, yeah, to to wrap it up, Zelda basically says like, you know, I got my memories back, and I realized, you know, I had this whole past life, and you know, I I used to spend my days just so happy, like flying around in Skyloft with you. But she's like, but honestly, like I used you. I I knew that you would do anything for Zelda, and so basically, that's who I chose to be. Like she was this. She came back as this person that you would ultimately have this deep relationship with so that when she was in danger or she went to the surface to do her purpose, you would be chasing her along afterwards and you would grow into this hero and become this person that the world needed, which is kind of wild. I mean, the fact that she even phrases it as I used to. Yeah. And she's like, um, I apologize. And like, I'm sorry. Yeah. She like takes takes accountability for that. And then basically says she's going to remain here in deep sleep for thousands of years to maintain the seal. But tries to reassure you that she's still your Zelda. And at this point, Link starts to catch on to what's about to happen as she walks up the stairs back to this pedestal where, a, you know, this orange crystal starts forming around her. And he's like, oh, no, like thousands of years, like I still want to talk to you and stuff. So he like runs up, starts like hitting on the crystal. And she's like, you know, like growing up, I was always the one to get you out of bed, like to basically, you know send for you and get you up when you were sleeping in like like this time will you be the one to wake me up you know and you get these options but all of them are a promise that you will do it um, and i liked a line that she she said somewhere in there where she said you know the the sooner we i don't know if it was the sooner or the faster or something she said but once this is all over we can go back to the way things were so she kind of a reassured yeah. link like hey I'm still your Zelda. We can still go back to how things were. We just have to do this. We have to do our thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, which is interesting. Like, cause I mean, I mean obviously, well, I don't say obviously cause we haven't gotten there yet, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of like this promise that, Hey, like, even though I'm the, I'm the goddess, apparently I'm still Zelda. And, and that once we've fulfilled our destiny, I guess, as yeah. The, as the the spear maiden and the hero and all of this, like we can we can go back to being regular people, mm -hmm. which um I don't know I mean it's kind of it's kind of unexpected. 
uh, right now here, I'm going to say a little thing. It'd be interesting to see a Skyward Sword 2 where it show, it shows the journey of like how Groose maintained the surface world, how he built it up, how Zelda and Link like probably helped him and like if there was like a big bad that was in that game, like it'd be interesting to see that develop into Hyrule one day. Those three, like I'm sure those three had the biggest hand in it and how everyone moved so, to the surface and that sort of thing. Yeah. It would be cool to see the story. I don't know if that would be a great like game per se, unless it was like a Harvest Moon kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, there, I can't I see mean, a villain. Bruce Moon. Know how to come up with a villain. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce turns evil. Moon. Hair gel harvest. <laughs> Groose is the first incarnation of Ganondorf. Groose was the first reincarnation of Ganon. That that is a theory that's out there. Is it really? <laughs> It is, yeah. Oh my god. It has to do with the whole like him being a Gerudo thing. Like it's yeah. just the next step to that. That's not a step that I like to take with that. Like I don't think that's nah, the thing. I don't think Bruce is, <laughs> is is that kind is I don't think that connects at all. Right. So Yeah, agreed. As my first experience with this game in this cutscene, I would say that it was not a surprise at all to learn that Zelda is actually the goddess Hylia because with how vehemently uh, Girahim has been after her, I knew that there was something directly connecting her to the goddess. I mean, that was already obvious, but it was not a surprise at all to find out that she was just the goddess reincarnated. Mm-hmm. That did not surprise me. Okay. Okay. I really liked... But how did how did you feel about it all, though? <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep going. Oh, all right. Uh, the part where only the Triforce can only be used by a mortal, I really like that. I feel like they were probably just like trying to cover up a possible plot hole of like why didn't like a god just grab it and fix everything. But at the same time, I like the concept of them like basically giving the mortals like control over their own fate instead of them just sitting around on their hands going ah the gods will fix it for us. They like they're the only ones that can fix it, so they kind of mm-hmm. gave them a purpose. I like that, and I also like how. In the beginning of the game, Granny doesn't tell you what's behind the door. And when you find out what is actually behind the door, I really liked how they hid that from you because I could just like immediately imagine Link just like running over to the door in the beginning of the game and like pounding on it and just like maybe not giving <laughs> up on it, but like that would be a big thing. You know, like the person I'm chasing after is on the other side of this door. Like, why do I have yeah. to go to all this stuff when they're right there? Let me just go say hi. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Wasn't also, there a point in the game where we could douse for Zelda? Like, yeah. wasn't that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. And that it didn't trigger, like, inside the crystal that, that she was, like, right there? <laughs> yeah. Here's and what's I, interesting. Has she there technically be, been two Zeldas? Yeah, because she wouldn't have been... This is the thing, that it gets murky with the time travel thing, because when you go to the past, right, and Zelda... Zelda, like, officially, uh, I think we didn't talk about this yet, but she does eventually envelop herself with an orange light of, like, pure, like, pure light, I guess you could say, pure spirit goddess light. And she freezes herself in a crystal, similar to, like, Nehru's love of the crystal that uh, has been in the previous game. And it's interesting with the time travel that Zelda is behind the door, but beforehand was she behind the door or was it that since she was going around to the spirit maidens she hadn't actually triggered the past yet to be put behind the door and so it only would have had like it's so weird to think about i'm guessing it's just that 
she wasn't behind the door until Link had that like last goodbye with her that then she was behind the door. So there's only actually one Zelda, but yeah, but really isn't weird. the fact that isn't the fact that Demise or Toothy hasn't been running amok and crazy the whole time is because Zelda is there keeping him at bay? So theoretically, Zelda has to be behind that door the whole time, or else the whole world would have already been destroyed because Toothy would be just running amok. Yeah, you could argue that the that the spike, the sealed spike in the ground, is is partially due to like keeping him in check. But yeah, they did mention that like I think. Yeah. Zelda, yeah, it's I, it's. I think she's there the whole time. I mean, I, here's the thing: like, you, you guys remember like um, multiverse theory? What? No. I'm just oh no! I, like Harry Potter and um, the Prisoner of Azkaban, right? The third one mm-hmm. where they actually do time travel stuff. Um, in my opinion, that's one of the best examples of like time travel in a story because how it worked was everything was happening, like everything that was supposed to happen when they've traveled back in time was happening in the background and they just didn't know it until they were doing it. Um, and in that way, like they were on like a perfect loop system where they didn't really like, they, they kind of interfered with each other, but they had always been interfering with each other. And there was just like a loop of motivations that didn't get altered at all, you know? And like, that's, that's how I prefer to read this as well. Like there was always a Zelda and a link in the past and it was them, but they didn't know it was them until they got to the point where they were doing it themselves. And so it's like this continuous loop. Like they were like, they became the legend for like themselves in a way, you know? And that, that to me is okay. I mean, you never know what the first instance looked like. (laughs) Like what did it look like as everyone was waiting for the first two people to go back in the gate, but because it's time, like, if they ever went back through the gate, then that was like what the loop was, I guess. I don't know. Like it, it's, it's, it's fishy. It's time travel. There's never a good explanation. So you're saying there's just a continuous loop of Zeldas and links that are constant, like schmoving through the rounds in different times. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> if you want to think about it that way. Yeah. And the past, it's, it's almost like that. I, I want to say it's almost like that Rick and Morty episode uh season four i believe it was where the rick and the morty were like constantly going into a different time to like do something that another rick and morty at a different time was about to do do you remember the episode i'm talking about i think it was around christmas time like the setting of the episode and they were like there was like a rick and morty that was always ahead of that rick and morty and then a rick and morty that was behind that rick and morty and then i remember I remember an episode where their future selves had to make up for a huge problem their past selves made, and then later on in the episode, their future selves, or their past selves, came up to them, who are now the future selves, and they're like, they threw some costumes at them and said, you gotta make these right now. And they're like, oh yeah. no, that we have to do this now? They're like, yeah, because they're walking backwards or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the episode. So it was like a constant loop of, like, Rick's and Morty's doing the same thing to, like, fulfill the time loop, basically. And like they yeah. were, they were since they're like Ricks and more like since they're Ricks, like they know how you know time works, and so they're just making sarcastic comments the whole time while they do it because you know they're smart. So I guess it's I guess that same concept we could argue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, again, like the initiation of the loop didn't really like it would make no sense for that to work, but once it's established, like it could it could just self perpetuate as long as things don't 
change. Like part part of this whole story was driven by the legend in the past. You know, like it's it's one of those things where it kind of works out if you don't think about it too hard. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I think I forgot to mention is that she actually uh, Zelda blesses your sword as well. Oh yeah. Which yeah. gives it the power to drive back demons, like turns it into the full master the, sword. Yeah, like the true full master sword. Because I guess you had the master sword, but like it was good enough to open the gate of time, but it wasn't going to cast away demons. So, and so it wasn't that it wasn't the legit master sword. It didn't have like those little wings spread out at the bottom and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They made it. They made sure it looked kind of fishy, but enough where you might have thought you had the real one. Yeah. And then so we head cool. back. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess when I wanted to know what your opinion of it was, I mean, with, with Breath of the Wild out now, like, and I know that you've already played that one, um, it, I mean, there's a lot of Hylia talk in that game, so it's not really, like, you might go into that game a little bit confused, like, what what are you talking about? Like, what is what is this goddess? What is Hylia? Like, why do you keep mentioning this person? Like, but at the same time, you would come back to Skyward Sword and be like, oh, okay, so this was the first time it was mentioned but you already knew that it existed. <laughs> um, demise is a little bit different. Like you might still be a little bit like, what is a demise? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I am. Like, yeah, well, because well, there, there was no. Okay. I want, I want to know how the big transition happens from Toothy slash demise to now it's always Ganon and Ganondorf, and I want to see if they actually like mention that at all, or if that's like totally separate. Yeah, and that you you'll get that answer. I'm pretty sure if you if the we'll game doesn't there. give it, we'll give it. You know, so it's, yeah. it's all good. It'll be there. Hey. But I remember, you know, I, I I mean, obviously, like I started my my Zelda journey with Ocarina of Time, which was totally a Ganondorf game, <laughs> Ganondorf Ganon all the way, and like there there was no fourth goddess, I guess. Like there was no Hylia. There was not. It was just Zelda, you know. And that trend continued, like through through you know i mean i didn't play majora's mask until a ways later but even that game didn't really have anything like that in it and then you know you you had your wind waker which was like directly off of ocarina and then you had you know twilight princess which again was very much an ocarina game like only a hundred didn't years have any of this yeah it didn't have any of this extra stuff you know and i remember like playing through Skyward Sword, getting to this point, and this was, like, one of those moments where I was, like, I was blown away by the cutscene. I was, like, and not because I was necessarily surprised about this connection and everything, like, but the fact that they decided, like, oh, yeah, by the way, now all of these other iterations of Zelda, we're just going to go ahead and say that they've always been this goddess incarnate. (laughs) And, you know, like, you've always been used by Zelda to, like, save the world like she's always been there to be your motivation and these kinds of things and like it just didn't sit well with me i'm like that doesn't really work with the stories of the other games and you can't just say that <laughs> like nobody in any of those other games even recognizes that there is another i don't think they're necessarily saying that zelda in every game is using link it i want to look at it like yes the first goddess in a sense tricked him but also Think about it in terms of, like, Ocarina of Time. It wasn't, like, even Zelda's doing in the first place that got Link moving and schmoovin'. It was, you know, the, sh- the turning of events, the Great Deku Tree. So I want to say that it's just the partnership between the chosen hero and 
the goddess, like, you know, the plan that she had set in motion to essentially eradicate evil for eternity is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I get. I guess my feelings were along the lines of, like, okay, like, we, we've always had Zelda. She was a member of the royal family. She's been Nehru's, like, chosen champion this whole time. Like, every time the Triforce is ever split or whatever, like, she was the one who had the Triforce of Wisdom. Like, she has a lot going on already. To me, saying, oh, yeah, and by the way, she's also a goddess. <laughs> like, that to me was like, that seemed like a major retcon that they did not have the right to make. Because, <laughs> like, even when you look back at, like, the Hyrule Historia, which came out right around the same time as Skyward Sword, it was like, it was all about, yeah, Zelda's now Hylia, and this is like a thing that happens throughout these timelines now that we have continuous timelines. Like, we're putting this game at the front of everything. It's the first thing that ever happened. And just so you know, <laughs> it's always been this way. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it has not. <laughs> and I had a lot of trouble, like, de- accepting that, dealing with that. I like to think about it in my own terms and not even maybe what's canon and what's non-canon. Like, I like to think about it as Zelda is Hylia, but also Zelda is technically also a chosen hero of a mortal like she's still a mortal she might be a reincarnation of a goddess but link is the reincarnation of the chosen hero who might as well just be a god because of what the things he's capable of so in a way i feel like yes did they prepare an answer for every single zelda game of like why it's like this yeah but i look at it like it's the beginning so you can't expect like every game to be the same as like how they set it up because like you know there's not really mention of Nehru in this game much but you know you know she exists in the world you know she's out there somewhere as a goddess so it's almost interesting that like in this sense Link gets the entire Triforce whereas in the other games like you know it was split and I kind of like how it wasn't just the identical clone of, you know, Breath of the Wild or, or uh, Ocarina of Time. Like how Star Wars' new triple saga was, like, the first one's like an identical clone of four. So I kind of like how it was changed up. Even though they did be like, yeah, every Zelda is this and every Link is that. Like, I don't, I don't know. It, it, they're just trying to fill gaps, man. Try to cover plot holes yeah. that may have existed which I don't think there was many plot holes, but I think they made more actually with this. It, it's like the syndrome of, it, it's prequel syndrome, you know? Same thing happened to Star Wars. <laughs> it is it is a little right. bit of the prequel syndrome, but also I feel like it's another bad thing, and that is game developers trying to appease the fan base with lore. Yeah. That's not a good idea. Everyone's, everyone really wants us to tie everything together. We should. No, it doesn't work like that, actually. <laughs> you didn't have any of this stuff in mind when you made the past eight games, did you? It's not going to line up right. <laughs> but they did it yeah, anyway. Ultimately, it doesn't. Like That's why there's just theories. And it's just and that's why... there's a big game that goes on in the community of like who has the best... Who has the best theory? <laughs> Who has the best timeline theory? Who has the best connections that they can point out? Which is fun. It's a fun game to play, but like, th- there's no like true answer to how things connect and line up. Like, it's really like because they didn't think about it when they made it. You know, 
And that's why I like your thoughts on this, Fonz, when you said that you like to treat every single game as its own entity, as if the universe was a completely different universe, just using the same characters. I mean, it's it's nice to think about, like, and I'm not saying every game. You know, obviously, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are the same, but games that are spread out along the timeline, like Wind Waker or Breath of the Wild or even Skyward Sword, it's like nice to just be like, that's its own thing. And it's not to be yeah. tampered with the rest of the timeline. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they even changed some of the rules when you get to Breath of the Wild. I'm sure when we cover that game, we'll be talking about it. Oh, and goodness. Mentioning this game again and being like, yeah, so remember that? Like, that's not how Hylia worked back then. <laughs> like, why is that how it works now? Well, it's been so, one million years, so, you know, she. <laughs> rules change. Um, yeah, there was one other thing I kind of wanted to say about this, this section, and I, I know I might be throwing you guys for a loop a little bit here because I didn't prep you, I didn't tell you I was going to get into this at all. But um, but I did a little bit of research just because I was like, man, you know, Hylia was a god and she gave up her mortality to become human. And I was trying to think through, okay, like, you know, we've had all of these Buddhist references in the game. We've had a, a few hints at, like, Hinduism, like, you know, in the in the previous game. I mean, you're talking about Ocarina of Time, like, we got into like, I mean, you know, this is just a couple different things over there just in terms of cultures and, and stuff. And I was like, where was this inspiration from? You know, and I had like a couple of leads, like, you know, like, you know, you talk about Buddhism and reincarnation and we talked about Kuan Yin and all of that a few episodes ago. And, you know, I, I found out this, uh, you know, there, there's at least for a long time in the Shintoist, Shintoism and Shintoism. Yeah, Shintoism. There was like this ongoing kind of thought that this uh the sun goddess Amaterasu, is yes. that how you say that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um is like okay, high, highest position among the Shinto deities. Also, you know, like the, you know, there's some thoughts about like what that meant in terms of like the the role of women in society and stuff like that, but she's also s- supposed to be like the thought process was that she was like the great ancestor of basically the entire you know, Japanese royal family. Like she was, she like basically like started it at some point. Um, this was kind of like ended in, I think in the 1940s, I guess there was some kind of official statement made by the royal family. Like, no, we're not descendants of a deity or <laughs> something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so there was a, there was, I mean, I, I tried to read into that, that, a little bit more, but I honestly, the stories that are associated with, with Amaterasu just don't make any sense in, in terms of the Zelda lore, except for, Hey, like high tier <laughs> deity, royal family, right? Like that's, that's about as far as it goes. And that's, I mean, honestly, if you, if that's all we have, it would be kind of like saying like, Oh, maybe she's like an Egyptian Pharaoh, <laughs> you know, royal family deity. It just didn't seem like there was enough there to really bite onto. One, I was able to draw some parallels to, and I'm not going to say, okay, guys, um, this is where the, the, the I just want to like frame this real quick. I don't think that the Zelda developers were trying to put a Christian story into their game. Like, I really just don't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is Jesus and... You know, like it's it's somebody like I'm I'm more familiar with. I was able to find some scriptures real quick. They just they they gave this story a little more context to me. And what it did was it spoke to who I think Hylia is supposed to be amongst the people. Um and not to say like like literally like I don't think they were trying to make 
Hylia a Jesus character. Jesus's plan. Jesus's plan. Chosen hero. Jesus's plan. All right, sorry. <laughs> Is that a Kanye song? No, that's Drake. The one that God's plan. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I was, gotcha, I was gotcha. remixing it for Zelda. Um, so if you don't mind, I have I have a couple of scriptures I wanted to share, and I wanted to share kind of like what the conclusion was that I came to about Hylia. So if you guys are cool with that, I'll yeah. jump into it. I think we have a little bit of time. Yeah. So it's really cool. Like some some cool scriptures here. So so John one, like right in the beginning of of the Gospel of John, right? It says, um, <laughs> I'm going to read one through five, and then fourteen. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, we observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And let me jump. I'm just going to read all the scriptures, and I'll kind of go through like the points that I want to make here. But in Philippians 2, verses 3 through 8, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others uh, as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. And then another scripture in Hebrews says, uh, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. And the reason I bring this up is because, like, I'm thinking about Hylia, and I'm like, what are they trying to say? Like, okay, so she she was a divine entity, right? Like, she had all of this power. She got injured. Which is like already a pretty huge deviation, which is why I'm like, guys, like she's not <laughs> like I'm not trying to say there's an allegory really here. But what I am trying to say is that it takes a lot of humility to like decide to step away from that and become a mortal. There was a clear, distinct like, OK, I can't use the Triforce as a goddess, so I need to be immortal if I'm going to help. But at the same time, it takes a lot to be like, I have all this power now. Why can't I just have some other mortal do my bidding, you know, like, no, like I need to go and become a human and do this thing. One of the things that I think is really cool, it says that, like, you know, one of the things that Jesus did was he emptied himself. He took on the likeness of humanity, um, humbled himself by becoming obedient to this purpose. And I think about Zelda and like, she learns that she's Hylia and she's like, Hey, this is the purpose to literally sit in this crystal for thousands of years and hope that nothing goes wrong. That's kind of like the thing it's, it's, I mean, being asleep in a crystal for thousands of years kind of feels like death in a way when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Your mind's off, you know, maybe dreams, maybe not. Who knows? You're frozen. Yeah. You wouldn't know, you wouldn't know any better. We could, we could bring up another Rick and Morty episode for this about the girl who got <laughs> trapped in the crystal. All I had was time. Oh, time and nothing to do with it. I, I saw that. into the mind of God. What <laughs> it's was like it? oh, Morty's okay. crush, Jessica. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess the the other major point here is she decided to step down from being this deity, be a be a human, live amongst the humans. She have this like selfless purpose, right? Like she kind of was this sealing sacrifice in a way to try to keep this demon at bay until there was a solution. But also 
she lived a life as a human. Like, I mean, it, it kind of goes into this. If you look in the encyclopedia, it says that, like, I'll actually read it straight out of the, um, this is the, uh, Legend of Zelda Encyclopedia, the blue book, the blue book that kind of came out as part of that collection with the Hyrule Historia. Mm-hmm. If you read the section about the goddess Hylia, the last paragraph reads, uh, for her selfless acts to protect the Hylians who, ha- who bear her name, Hylia is among the most praised and beloved deities in all of Hyrule. Like, so eventually they learn this legend. Like, they learn about how this all went down, how she, she gave up her, her divinity, how she became this, this selfless character, you know, and, and she becomes the most beloved. Now, a little bit of trivia, the most beloved deity of all time is actually a lot of a lot of times how that Quan Yin is characterized amongst the Buddhist faith. Like she's the most beloved deity in the Buddhist faith. It just seems like the writing here, the developers seem to they're like, how do we build this goddess to be this super compassionate, relatable, relational uh god who not only understands the people but cares for them deeply and is willing to give up everything for them, goes through this whole process. And they they what they did is it's like it just feels like they took a bunch of different ideas from different from different stories, from different histories, cultures, mythologies, and said, okay, here is this, here is what like what we like about what would a good god look like? Like, right? What what would it like how do we write a good goddess that doesn't already like that isn't actually someone else's faith already, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I don't know. Like, I, I thought it was really interesting to kind of dive into and just trying to draw those parallels of like, okay, she she came as a human. I mean, there are other religions that have, you know, the idea of a god becoming a human, but usually like you run into things like Zeus who who did it mostly for, you know, his own pleasures, you know, people who were, you know, cast down or, or, you know, had to work their way back to a position like, and that's not what this is. Like she chose to do it to save the people. You can kind of think of it. Like we all know Nehru, Faror and Eldin, or I'm sorry, not Eldin. My goodness. Din. (laughs) Eldin, Din, the Din. Anyway. Elduin. So we all know those three gods and goddesses. Now, when it comes to their explanation of their being, right? If you take a look at those three goddesses, they're more more in relation to the Greek gods because the Greek gods are known not even like Zeus, Titan, um, Ares. They're known for not having compassion for the people. The people are supposed to worship them. The people are supposed to you know, bend at their every whim. I mean, they're just there. They're they're pretty disassociated with the people. They take advantage of the people a lot in many stories. And all we know about those three goddesses is that they created the world. They support um, Zelda. Faror supports Link in the Ocarina of Time. But they don't they don't bend into their story. They don't go in depth with their story. They just kind of say as it is. Like, these are the gods. They do things sometimes. They're there. They exist. But Hylia is much more fleshed out. And I kind of liked the parallels you were bringing because it makes her, you know, we're in high rule. We're in high Leah. It kind of makes more sense that they would flesh yeah, out. The people are the Hylians. Yeah. It, it makes sense they'd flesh out her as, you know, the, the goddess to be talked about versus those other three because you know it just make more sense that way and if if indeed that they did borrow elements from these stories then it's interesting 
to just think about that versus the other three who I feel like have very like like Odin, Baldur, Thor, Loki, and Greek gods like <laughs> where they don't care about the people. They don't care. They don't wouldn't do self-sacrifice for the people. They wouldn't become immortal to save the people. They're just there. They exist and they do what they want when they want. They don't Yeah. It it yeah. really seems like the three goddesses that made the Triforce like they value character traits or like certain powers or skills over any kind of morality. Like they really don't care if you're good or evil. Like if you yeah. get the Triforce and you're balanced, I guess you're good to go. Um, and if you're not, Din still might be like, oh yeah, like you're the powerful mm-hmm. one. You're my, you're my champion. Yeah. <laughs> like she doesn't really care if you're good or bad. She's just like, yeah, it's you. You're the, you're the strongest. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Um, and and so that's kind of like I mean it's funny because what the, the the one thing that they did apparently that was like the one the one sign that they are that they do care about good versus evil is that they entrusted the protection of the Triforce and the protection of Hyrule to Hylia like that's part of the lore that they've added in this game mm-hmm. It's like these old gods made this power but they also they also put Hylia in charge of actually protecting the land after they left. So it's funny, the three of them came together, made the Triforce, um, and that was kind of like their major departure from, from having influence. Like they decided, okay, this, this will be a representation of us. Plus, you know, there'll be these other spirits around, like these dragons, for instance, that, that kind of take on, um, you know, our, our nature. But at the same time, like it's not really us. Um, meanwhile, Hylia <laughs> soon after didn't create a piece of a triforce or any kind of like relic instead she created a system where Zelda would exist and also Fee would exist like like the first thing that it says is that she basically okay here's an, here's another little biblical parallel for you if you really care i mean the bible itself is often referred to as like it's the sort of the spirit but like but it's like an allegory for for the scriptures themselves. Like that's one of the terms that it kind of refers to itself by. It says it's sharper than any double edged sword, right? Like so, like a sword that contains information <laughs> and like advice and messages prepared from the goddess. It, it almost that I would say is probably a stronger analogy. It is, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's weird the way that when you look at that you're like, huh? Wait, did hold so on? So my did sword it, is teaching me how to be the hero. What? Did it mention that you don't really care about a lot of the information that is presented? <laughs> no, but that's a pretty good satire. That's that's some social commentary right there. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. But <laughs> it just seems like. Feel you. Yeah, like the it's, it's like that's that's that was Hylia's contribution. She was like, "No, I'm not going to make some object that people chase after. I'm going to make a person." Like she basically put her own player character into the Zelda verse. <laughs> it's like this is me now. Like I'm going to be Zelda, and I'm going to be this this character who's who's an agent of good uh, as much as I can be, and I'm going to give up the idea that I'm just going to control things by being this powerful goddess. Instead, I'm going to. I'm going to work like the other humans to make it happen. Yeah. Experience like toil and, and just like all the negatives and positives that come with it. You know, from a God's perspective, that would probably be daunting. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely make yourself a lot more vulnerable. Yeah. And open to so much more danger and everything else. Yeah. 
and didn't even know who she was to boot. So, lost memories. Eventually returned, but... She did get beaten up pretty bad, so, you know, we If we're know. to believe the lore, then every Zelda is Hylia, and she's the only one that ever remembered, so it's pretty rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's funny, because the next thing we were going to talk about... I, I, honestly, guys, I don't know if we're going to finish our side quest tonight, but maybe we could try. Um... Is that once we leave this place, like once we leave, because, you know, we're still in the game here. <laughs> once we leave, once we leave the sacred temple, like we go back outside, we go back up to Skyloft because we're told we need to go find the Triforce um, and that it's hidden in Skyloft. Like it's somewhere in Skyloft, but you need to find someone who can teach you more. So um, who's a smart, knowledgeable person we know about in Skyloft? <laughs> uh, my go to is Gapora. <laughs> like he's the one who knows the story, apparently. Yes, sir. Um and it's I funny. actually wanted to go there just because something happened with Zelda, and I was like, I should probably tell the old man she's aight. Oh, that's so considerate. <laughs> that's so, so considerate so, of you. So we go back to Kapora to tell him I that don't Zelda's worry, right? <laughs> and we And we mention the word Triforce to him, and he's like, where did you even hear that word? Like, we don't even teach that to people anymore. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> apparently it's hidden somewhere but i don't know anything about that like you're gonna have to talk to uh levius like he's way older than me and like knows way more and that's a pretty big drop like who's levius like apparently link has not paid attention to like all of skyloft culture because most of the people are in on levius's existence mm-hmm. and i guess we're just not he must so- have slept through that part of the class yeah right so he's like, you're going to have to talk to Levius, but I, I'm not really, like, too big on, like, even that. But Owlin seems to to talk to him every once in a while. So maybe go talk to Owlin. So we go and we talk to Owlin. And Owlin's like, yeah, Levius is out there, but that ain't Levius. <laughs> yeah, Levius that ain't Levius, bro. I, I think this is actually where he mentions the, uh, the, the, the malice. Like, he's covered in some kind of malice, like... It's like something's something. Uh, there's a blight out there on him, or something like that. Like she literally uses the same those same words to, to describe what's going on with Levius. Yeah, I think he said he had like a malicious look in his eye, or like he felt a malicious intent when yeah. he got near him, or something like that. Yeah. Um. So he he does two things. Like first, he's like, if you're gonna go in there and even try to help, you're gonna need to know how to do a spiral charge. So he does this whole training session with Link. Oh, yeah, no, this was weird. He literally, you come out, and he's like, so, while you were gone, I took the liberty of teaching your bird how to do this. And I'm like, wait. Yeah. I, was gonna I thought that. I was the one that had the special bond with the bird. <laughs> right? I'm like, how did you teach my bird? Like, I wrote it in here, and I've only been talking to people for, like, 30 seconds so far. So you got some explaining to do, Alan. Yeah, I definitely got an eyebrow raise out of that, but I was like, yeah, okay, let's keep going. Um, and so he basically puts you through the shooting range challenge from Breath of the Wild, where you have to, like, the flight range, you know, where you have to mm-hmm. shoot all the targets in under a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Except now you're riding your loft wing, and you just have to smash a bunch of targets with your spiral charge. Um, before he'll consider you a, a good enough rider to use the spiral charge, because they really only teach this to the advanced knights, and you know, you're really not an advanced knight yet. I wanted to like talk to this guy, like in in reality. Like, like, I wanted to step in did? there and be like, "Do you know what I've done? We are on a mission to save the world right now. We are like three quarters of the way in, and you're going to come at me with, oh, well, you're not really a rider, and you, know, <laughs> you haven't really become a knight yet, so I don't know. I'm like, you need to pay closer Listen, attention. Listen, Owlin, 
Do you know? Read the context, bruh. Do you know what Deku Babas are? Huh? 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 Do you know what <laughs> Moldorax are? 1,000 year old scorpions? No? You don't? No? Do you know what Armos are and I-beams? No? Well, then you need to take a seat, son. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, where's your master sword? <laughs> You're in here reading your books and looking at your plants. I'm out there on the front lines flying through the Thunderhead already four times where I'm getting fought by these big old centipedes with wings. And I, I could really use a spiral charge right now, bro. <laughs> There's this creepy guy with his tongue following me and teleporting, touching me and stuff. Like, come on, man. I don't need another guy. I have cross blades with the undead, Owlin. What have you Eight armed doing? skeletons. Six armed. <laughs> I fought a big old robot. <laughs> I fought combat Buddha. Combat Mecha Buddha. Buddha. <laughs> and I was in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, too. <laughs> I fought the Kraken. <laughs> yeah, right. Just thinking, Alan. So, am I the only one that's horrible at controlling this bird in small condensed areas? I failed once. Yeah. My Wii remote always decides that it's not going to work when I get on the bird, so. It ain't even my remote. My remote is working fine. My brain is the thing that's like, I, the, it's too tight of a turn, and then I miss it. And it's, uh, it's so bad when it's that close. The one that was, like, between the two halves of a rock, I definitely just, like, hit the rock two or three oh, times. Same, and I was yeah. like, just spiral charge, please. <laughs> just just spam the A button until the bird destroyed it. And I was like, yeah, you go. Yeah, those crescent moon rocks are the biggest pain in the butt. I, I, like, went up against the rock and missed five times in a row and was like, nope, I'm going after other ones. It turns out there's more than ten, so I didn't need that one. Yeah. And I didn't fail it, but I only had, I think, six seconds left when I finally beat it. Oh, well, at least you beat it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely failed it once. I will admit it. It was because, like, my Wii remote just didn't work the first half. Like, I was pointing, I was pointing, like, so we have a sensor bar, right? We have, we have to have a sensor bar when you're using this, the Wii version. And for some reason, like, I was pointing my Wii remote west like, so if the north is the sensor bar, right, I was pointing my Wii remote at my window and it was registering that I was flying in that direction. And I'm like, how did we get flip turn upside down over here? My Wii remote was literally pointing west and I'm trying to control it. And like, I turn right. I turn right. I go, I point north and the dude goes right. And then I point south and the dude goes left. I'm like, how is this happening right now? My sensor bar is in front of me. That, so that I ended to me up all like, the time. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I ended up having to like, um, yeah, un- take out the batteries so I can like do the like, dude, you, like put like adjust the controller to like, dude, keep it level. The Joy-Con is so much nicer. Oh my gosh! There's yeah. literally a button you press. You just hold it in the position you want to be like normal, and you press a button, and it auto corrects to that immediately. And you can just spam that button on any screen in the whole game, even cutscenes. You can spam that button and hear the noise. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's only stuff like that when you're aiming in this game, not when you're really like directing a flight pattern. So what they don't tell you is that the Wii Motion Plus is plus jank. Like that's what <laughs> I, have. <laughs> I have that too, and it doesn't work. <laughs> so bad. Don't think we got this new technology. It adds plus to your motion controls. Man, I haven't touched a Wii nothing in so long. Oh, could you could you go into more detail on what this plus means? It's, uh, well, it's, um, plus. Yeah. We put the plus symbol after it. <laughs> you, you actually needed to play this game. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you need needed the Wii. That's why they had the special edition or whatever. The you got the anniversary edition, and you got a Wii Motion Plus with it because you needed one to play it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we get this, we get this <laughs> spiral charge that if you can aim it, it's pretty good. Um, and basically, he tells you, "Hey, you know what? I wouldn't go talk to him right now, but you do you. I know that Pum makes an offering to him every year, so maybe try that." Um, and so you fly over to Pumpkin Landing. You talk to Pum, who already has a big basin of soup just kind of sitting in the middle of the room. Or at least he has a basin for the soup sitting in the middle of the room. Um, and he's like, yeah, man, I don't know if I'm going to make the offering this year. I heard there's some stuff going on with Levius. Like, doesn't seem like a great idea. And you're like, nah, nah, I got you. I'm going to take it in there. It's all going to be good. And he's like, oh, well, as long as you're on the job, like, you know, I'm going to make this the best soup I've ever made. And so he does. He's like, oh, in all my 10 years of running this soup business, this is the best soup ever. Of course. It's the best I've ever souped, I think is how he says it. Yeah. Good old It's like, did you taste every bowl you've ever made? <laughs> like, for every customer, you always right just in. take a little sip. No, nope, that's not the best. No, you sip out of the big <laughs> pot, man. That's how you, that's how you make oh. sure you're cooking it good. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> so... So you take this soup to the Rainbow Island, because that's where he makes the offering, and that's the point of the Rainbow Island that we were, like, so confused about the first time. Yeah. Um, and you set it down, and, you you know, Scrapper's the one who brought this in with you, and he's like, oh, I don't know about this spot, short pants. Uh, it seems like we get attacked by something that's hungry for soup, or maybe robots. And so he flies away, because, <laughs> you know, he's afraid. I'm like, I, and I guess with good reason, because, like, immediately after that, the sky whale emerges from the clouds. And um, he's got some nasty-looking eyeball things kind of floating on tentacles all around his body. I wonder what's wrong. Yeah, it's um, kind of obvious. This is our fight with Bylocyte. I like when um, I like when Scrapper picks up the pot. The first thing he does is complain about how heavy it is. He's like, oh, another heavy load. All right, let's get going. <laughs> As if he didn't. And this uh, whale... Reminds me of the white whale out of ReZero, uh, ReZero starting life in another world, if anyone's seen that show. Mm. I have not. It's a giant whale that comes out of the mist, and if it kills you, everybody forgets you ever, like, existed. But it looks almost identical to that. It moves in almost the same way. Wow. Except it's just, like, a, a white great whale instead of one that's got, like, some wings and stuff hanging off. Hmm. Well, Other than that, though, I was, I just, it hit me. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was more of the of the mindset of like, um, this is incredible. <laughs> like, I, I didn't have any reference for it because it doesn't really look like Jabu Jabu or anything like that. Like, it doesn't really look like any of the other big fish that I've seen in a Zelda game before I played yeah. this one. So it was just like this no. epic moment of like a giant sea creature flying through the sky. I don't know. It was really cool, but it does have the blight, so we got to go fix that. <laughs> And so we go and we, we do our like crazy air acrobatics. We play some some Star Fox sixty four. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we barrel roll, smack down, do some barrel rolls, knock some eyes out of place, and then we got to go land on him and, and do the next part of the fight. The first time I tried to land on him, I used my sailcloth too early, and he flew away out from under my feet. Oh no! And but not but I, it was so close that I didn't have time to like undo what I had done. So. So I ended up hitting him, but not where I was supposed to land. And then Link just kind of fell, and the screen went dark, and Link came back up on the Rainbow Island, and I had to start over. I was like, all right. Oh, wow. Cool. I mean, it didn't it didn't make me actually start the whole fight over, but I had to, you know, get back on the bird and fly back out and find Levius and oh, the platform. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> which uh, leads you to Bylocyte, which is literally just this little tentacle Cyclops guy. Boss who, fight. Whose whole bit is I'm going to spit something at you, you hit it back, and then after a couple rounds of that, I'll get tricky and move my head to the left and right, so you have to swing the right way to make it work. It's Phantom Ganon's grandfather. <laughs> what? Uh, he likes to play volleyball. No, it does. It did no. take me a minute to realize that I had to like hit the left and right side of his head first before I could do anything. Like I was just shooting arrows at his eye for like five or six seconds, thinking that the game just wasn't registering that I was hitting it right. Yeah, it does look like that, right? It looks like you would shoot it in the eye because it has a big old eyeball. Yeah, and it's partially open in one spot, so I'm like, okay, it's kind of a tight shot, but I can make that, and it just didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And when he started moving to the left and right, I got frustrated because he always dodged me. I don't know how it is in your version, but in this one, he doesn't move his head until you're like already swinging your sword. So it's basically a guessing game on which way he's going to go, unless there's a tell and I didn't notice it. Uh, um, At the end, you mean? Like when yeah, at, at the end head? of the fight. Yeah, when he's like going from left to right or staying in the middle, I didn't notice a tell and he just kept dodging me for probably 30 seconds straight. Uh, I think you just probably have to stand farther back. Because, like, for me, he would spit it and then immediately put his head to the left or right or wherever he was going to have it. I was pretty close. Yeah. So as long as um, as long as long you stand back, it takes forever for the ball to move through the air if you're at a distance. But it'll always come right to you. You just hit it right back and it'll always go where it needs to go. So if you, if you give it a breath or, like, space for that, he'll spit it and then he'll position his head where it's going to be right after he spits it. Um, and that's the tell. Okay. But if you're right up in his grill, like, you're not going to see that before you already hit the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it took me a minute to guesstimate it. Gotcha. Yeah. But, uh, so, sorry, I'm trying to, like, speed it up because we're already almost at two hours here. Oh, so, I was yeah. just going to say a uh, fun, fun little tidbit. If you have the upgraded bug net and you don't feel like using your newly acquired Master Sword to fight this guy and, you know, be a total awesome guy... Uh, you could actually use the bug net to fling his electric things back at him. That's awesome. His whatever he shoots that's, at you. That's pretty great. Isn't I it? I kind of wish I had known that before I got into the fight. I'll also Same. I'll also tell us, you guys another time in which you could use your bug net later on another episode. I oh man. So yeah. Uh. So we beat we beat Bylocyte. He he destroys into like a. I think he he does he burn up doesn't matter he, gets he just crumbles yeah he i don't turns, remember turns, how he turns to dust or something like that he gets real mad and then he dies <laughs> and then uh levius like kind of crashes into the clouds but then comes back right back up and has this whole conversation with you where he kind of knows everything already he's like oh you must be the chosen hero and like you're like what you already know this and he's like yeah like you know like yeah he kind of goes through like the whole thing about you know, the the goddess entrusts me with part of this song and, you know, the hero's got to go and collect the other three parts and, and that's the only way that you're going to find the Triforce, my dude, so. Mm-hmm. Give like a cool surfer accent to him. <laughs> there's, this, there's a section where he asks you what your name is and you tell him and he's like, oh, it's a good name. Your parents are really good at naming, which is just like a sideways way to compliment the player in the game for naming yeah. something. And yep. It's so silly. My name was Lunker, so... <laughs> yeah, so he, he kind of already knows everything. One of the weirdest things about this conversation with Levius is that he doesn't, like, he knows about the goddess's plan and, like, the legends, and he has, like, 
this deep history and like knowledge of of the Triforce and what systems are in place to protect it. He doesn't know, as far as I can tell, nobody in Skyloft actually knows the goddess's name. They only refer to her as the goddess. Even Levius didn't didn't say Hylia the whole time. Like every everybody, like I was looking out for it. I'm like, does he know? Does he know that her name is Hylia? It's like nope, nobody knows apparently. Mm. Um, hmm. Which is kind of wild to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe maybe he just you know as a form of respect calls her the goddess instead of saying Hylia. You know, maybe they're not on that level yet of like friendship. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that could be a thing. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, that they would. I mean, if, as a society decided, oh, we're gonna call her the goddess because saying Hylia is like taboo. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, she's like the great selfless like deity that everybody reveres and respects. So it makes sense to show that respect by you know kind of dropping the name and just referring to her as the goddess. And the only yeah. person who really referenced you know directly. Her name was well, Ilya herself. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of curious now in Breath of the Wild how many times they actually say Ilya and who says it all the time. <laughs> all, the all the time. time. <laughs> it's like every cutscene. <laughs> you know that one. Uh, it, it goes. It goes. It goes right along with the 100 years ago statement. Every time they say that, Ilya sure to follow. Mm-hmm. If I had a dollar for every time they say 100 years ago in Breath of the Wild, <laughs> I'd have I'd have many a dollar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never but, once did they just say a century. But that's not the game we're talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so Levia sets us up on this mission to find the parts of the Song of the Hero, um, which is, as far as we can tell, the last song we'll ever need to find. Um, but has, of course, three parts. We have to go and find the dragons of each region. And we've only met one so far in order to learn the song because they've all been entrusted with a song. So I know that um, Golo is going to love this. Like he's he's been waiting to hear more about the legends of the dragon, and now we finally have something to share with him. But yeah, this is actually where we're we're cutting our story, like our main story for the night, though. So um, so yeah, next next time we have an episode, we'll be covering the song of the hero and the steps to make that happen. And one pro tip I kind of want to just throw out there before you get started, you might want to pack a water breathing potion that has been upgraded if you can manage it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. Cameron. <laughs> so back for the trip. Hmm. It'll just, it'll just make your life a little bit easier, <laughs> but I won't say how. So anyway, yeah, we can get back to our side quests now. <laughs> like now that we've done this, we've actually unlocked a couple too, which is kind of funny. Uh, so, yeah, we're we're going back to the lumpy lumpy lumpsky pumpkin here. <laughs> the lump of the kipumpkin. <laughs> we're gonna finish the job that you know we we had started basically with with the lumpy pumpkin, and we get there, and it's kind of like, well, well, hold up, what happened here? The chandelier is back. The famed broken chandelier is now back in the lumpy pumpkin. So we go and talk to Pum. And he kind of tells us, like, hey, you know, I, I bought a new chandelier with uh, all the hard work that you've done. What? It's not too expensive. Like, it's great. You think it's too expensive? He's, like, all self-conscious about it. He's like, I think it looks great. <laughs> and then he's like, I don't really, I mean, I bought it, so I don't really have any work for you unless you want to work. And then he's like, mm, actually, yeah. Do you want to work? There's a, uh, I'm going to need you to play music for some people at the Lumpkey Pumpkin tonight. And 
that's uh, that's about the request he has. He just wants you to play music in front of the in front of a live audience. And what's great about this is that I hate it so much <laughs> with a by fiery burning passion. But you don't you don't have to win it though. You just have to pass it. <laughs> yeah, and it's um with the Wii remote. Oh boy, it is. Uh, I I'm not good at the. I'm not even good at the Silent Realm flower petal like heart playing like i can't even yeah the ones that are just straight back and forth and a regular rhythm that's just if the wii remote messes up at any point during that you are back to you are back to zero flower petals and (laughs) i was having the same thing happen my wii remote just likes to like think it's pointing weast and it's not and (laughs) i can't i just can't so i i think i messed up a couple times but i eventually got it and it it what's really great about this particular video is how much fun the other two guys are having while you're like doing this and while Keen is singing like these two dudes look are, are having so much fun you would think that they were drunk off of pumpkin soup they're like <laughs> falling out of their chair like ru- like going back and forth with the music and also the song itself sounds like some straight out of Animal Crossing that uh, KK would sing. And they're just vibing out. They are vibing so hard. And then, like the one yes, dude who fun. who looked like uh, one of the guys from Twilight Princess and the Rogue thing, the guy with the long hair, looked like a bum. He like claps so hard, you think he was like blasting off into space. They they love the song. Is their jam? Okay. Yeah, it is. It is what they come to the Lumpy Pumpkin for, is to have Kina sing this song, and you are just accompanying her. That it doesn't even, like, it doesn't matter how bad you play, they're going to be into it, they're going to clap and sway and do all this stuff. And then it's not until after your performance is over that you actually get a critique. <laughs> but in the middle of it, you're like, no, you were liking that song. <laughs> do not tell me I did not yeah, right. good. You, you guys were jamming it, so. out <laughs> so hard. So... Yeah, once it's done, you get a heart piece, and you are forever able to now buy pumpkin soup finally. Nice. Which is great, because we love pumpkin soup. It's it's hot, it's warm, it's yummy. Pumpkin soup purchaser. I bought a bottle. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I'm a pumpkin patron. <laughs> I didn't buy a bottle. I, I needed the Lumsky pumpkin hot soup. I was like, no thanks, sir. Uh, so yeah, that's the last thing we do for the Lumpy Pumpkin too. I mean, you can you can play that as a mini game now if you want to try to do better at the song. But I didn't. I was like, no, the heart piece, no, peace out, never. <laughs> I like the song. No, I almost makes you want to do it just because I like the song. But like, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. The first time I did it, I got all the way through it, and I was like, is there a fail mode on this game or not? I couldn't tell. But I went back to Pump, and he was like, well, that wasn't really good. Like, you did a poor job, but here's a heart piece, and I was like, all right. <laughs> Sounds good. (laughs) You win. You want to try to do better? You know, you try again another night. I'm like, all right, that definitely won't happen. But thank you. Good stuff. All right, so I guess uh, we got my two side quests for the ending. Yeah. And I think I'll save what I think is the better one for last. So we're gonna go with. I don't remember the names of them per se. Like, the actual chain, but the one that involves the item storage lady and Link being in, like, a little little kissy-kissy-smoochy-smoochy. Smoochy. You talking about Peter and Beatrice? Yes. I am talking about Beatrice. Mm. I... So, 
So to uh, t- to start this quest chain off, if we uh, just take a little detour out of the bazaar down to the houses under it, we can find where Beatrice and her father live. And uh, if we go in there at night and talk to him, he will ta- tell you about his special little princess that is just so amazing, and uh, it's just his world, and talks about how he in his youth was just also this magnanimous, just brilliant person who everybody flocked to, the most popular person ever. So he's really tooting his own horn and his daughter's uh, and says there's no way anyone's going to get his hands <laughs> on his daughter. <laughs> like, nobody better go near my sweet little princess or something is what he said. <laughs> and so naturally Link's like, challenge accepted. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's funny how the love quest starts off by her father going, nobody better touch my daughter. And that's how Link is like, okay, now it's open for me to go after his daughter. (laughs) So it really is kind of like challenge accepted. Uh, Yeah. That's that's how I thought about it. There's there's kind of a requisite that you had to have already talked to her a bunch before this quest will start. And the game kind of tries to lead you into that because she is the item check lady. Like you go to her to, to just pull things out of inventory and put things into inventory, you know? Yeah, she's, like, a popular-to-use NPC. Right. And so every time she gets warmer and warmer to you coming to visit, to the point where she's kind of like, oh, you just coming here just to see me? And you gotta kind of be like, you, you say yay or nay, but, I mean, I always kind of go with the nay. <laughs> I'm kind of a jerk in this situation, because mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, you, this is a business exchange. <laughs> you, are, you are being inappropriate. <laughs> I'm done. This is for I think... I must have been at, like, the bare minimum to trigger this quest then, because she's never asked me that. She's always had the same dialogue to me every single time, and every time I say, no, I don't want anything, she's always like, oh, why are you wasting my time? Yeah. Uh, you may have to use her a couple times. So I did not feel like I had any connection with this lady whatsoever. You were, yeah, you weren't a repeat enough customer then. Yeah, you, you, I think you have to actually use her. No, so the more you, the more they go to her, the more she gets like really into you. So, to, for my perspective, she was just this regular person like everyone else, and all of a sudden, her dad says nobody better go after her. So Link is now going after her. That is where I saw this coming from. I had no other. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so, so we sleep until morning, and we go talk to her. And she talks about there being a, a customer that she just really likes seeing, uh, and she hopes she gets to see him more often, and doesn't say anything about us. And so we're like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so uh, we go ahead and speed another day by, and we go back, and and then she starts like specifically really getting into it. She's like, oh, you're back again, huh? Come to see like your favorite person, kind of thing. And then you're like, you're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and she's like, she's like. <laughs> Is it great? You feel the butterflies? So you go to sleep again because Zelda's not important at this point. We're just gonna, you know, a week no is gonna way. go by. <laughs> this is like the worst case scenario for this quest. I mean, I felt that too. I'm like, I'm like, why is he just figured out Zelda is down there and he has to do all this stuff, and now he's sleeping a week away in a row, which is what I was doing. He doesn't actually have to do that in the game, but it's what I chose to do. So it's just like he's wasting a bunch of time. I don't know. It was kind of funny just how it ended up being. <laughs> and so like you keep going back, and she progressively gets more interested in you asking you stuff. And eventually she like she's like, do you, do you like me? And then I don't know if it matters what you say, but I, I just went with it. I was like, yeah, I like you. I think you're, you're awesome. Okay. 
After that, uh, the next day, she invites you down to her place to talk. Because uh, she has something important to talk about. And so that night, you go back down there, and uh, she confesses to you. She's like, you're the person, like, I, I, my heart beats so fast when you're around, and and this stuff. And, and then you have a choice, and you're like, she's like, do you want to be with me, or nah? And this was the part where I was like... I have a conscience, and I'm not going to lead this poor lady on when Zelda and me are destined to be together. So I was like, it would be better for you if it just didn't, you know, don't get your hopes up. So that's the route I went. <laughs> I was the good guy in the end. Although, up until then, I completely let her on. It was, it was actually pretty bad. Oh my yeah. goodness. It, I didn't know it was going to end that way. <laughs> one, of, one of the first options she gives you that I think is hilarious is like, Link... Or, well, you know, whatever your name is. What do you think of me? And, like, one of them is, like, I like you. And the other one is, you check items. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the, in the series of questions she asks you, she's like, what do you feel when you see me? And it's, like, a somebody I really like or, like, the lady that's checking my item in a minute. It's, like, <laughs> and just picking those options over and over again. I was, like, oh, no. <laughs> It's like, I feel so bad. A plus customer service. <laughs> Definitely. And then she straight I'm up. I'm glad that you, there's an item check on this island. I really am. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then she, she's like, I'm really strong and stuff moves fast for me. So by tomorrow, you'll just be another person. <laughs> yeah. You say, and you say no. And she's like, yep, you're just a normal customer now. And I was like, I was like, dang, that's a little cold, but I hey, like best for you. And then you go back the night after. Uh, actually, I think I went to talk to her the next day and she goes, you know what happened between us? It's fine. I realized that and something about a, a woman that has loved once becomes more beautiful or something like that. <laughs> I, uh, she she says a line like that, like a woman that is loved and then and lost that is more beautiful in a way because she can then realize later on like what she should be looking for is I think what is supposed to be saying which goes for anyone and not just women no it goes for anyone but it's funny that like you know she's like oh you know what I've once loved and it's like bro you've said like you know ten sentences yeah. to me and we've seen we've each been other talking for, for a, a week. couple weeks. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's great. We hadn't even gone on that proper date. Yeah, yeah, but I guess, I you, guess the emotions were there. <laughs> I don't have the lines up, but if you say yes, she essentially like recognizes that you're on a mission. So she's like, until until you're done with that, I will just I'll just stay here being your item check, caring for your items, and like just waiting for the day that we can be together, basically. Um, oh, sweet. And then fee will fee will pop out and be like, hey, so I understand that you have real feelings for this girl. Which, you know, you might not if you're the player, but, you know, whatever. Um, she jumps out and she's like, uh, I wouldn't mention this to Zelda. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, would, I would wait. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Sounds sounds good, Fee. Good warning. Fee gets a pass this time for the pop-out. Yeah, Fee gets, you know, first good deed in a couple episodes. So, to end the quest off, you go back at night and talk to her dad. And he is just, oh, he's so happy. He's jubilant to know that whoever was after his, his girl just decided to not be anymore. Well, for me, I don't know what happens if you say yes, but for me, she was, oh. he's like, it was, I hate seeing my beautiful little flower wilting like this, but I know that she'll get over it. And I'm so happy that, you know, nobody got their hands on my beautiful daughter. And then he's like, did you do it? No, no. You know what? Don't care. Here you go. I'm grateful anyways. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he'll give you the gratitude crystals for for getting rid of that egg snatcher. It's like the dumbest. <laughs> like, why? Why did you have to call him an egg snatcher? Anyway, I don't know what Piet, what Peter says if you if you tell her yes, but I know that you get those gratitude crystals from Beatrice if you tell her yes. Ah, so, uh, okay. Yeah, so you don't lose the crystals either way. If that's what you're worried about. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, worried about my gratitude crystals. <laughs> <laughs> not not this poor item check lady's heart. Nope. <laughs> or or her father's overprotection of his daughter. Break it. I only my heart is where Betro is. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's definitely memes going around that basically are like that, like, oh yeah, I told her I loved her for the gratitude crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going on to the final side quest of tonight and the final just uh, thing of the video tonight which is going to be finding beetle's beetle yeah but we don't start with beetle we start on an island way high up in the storm cloud that you probably just could wander around and we run into only since we defeated um the the eyeball parasite uh stretch is here stretch is like i just found this island happenstance it was crazy uh, and there's bugs everywhere. I love it. Can't get enough. Gonna stay here. Making a game. Whole mini game. Everyone's gonna come way out into this thunderhead and try to catch bugs by paying me money. It's gonna be great. I don't know where his business model is going with this, but it's not very good. <laughs> it's a terrible plan, Stretch. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. And we have the option to play out the game, and you can if you want get kind of a lay of the land and where the the bugs are and stuff. But we don't really need to. Uh, for now, we want to head back to the town and summon Beetle. And I, as always, I summon Beetle with my own Beetle by hitting the bell with the Beetle. Uh, generally because I don't have any leftover arrows or slingshot ammo whatsoever. Like, ever. And I, it just... Ugh. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. I'm always you can, full. The, you can use the claw shots, too. <laughs> oh, I suppose, yeah, I could. That's probably faster. I should probably do it. But, I mean, Beetle and the Beetle, ah, it's just, it's great, you know? It's great, yeah. So we climb on up there, and we go speak to the peddling master himself, uh, and he tells us that there's something that's got him down, and he kind of wants to like talk to someone about it, but he's way too busy peddling right now, uh, so you should go lay over on the bed. Yep. The, yep. the bed. The, <laughs> the and iron that, furnace. You know. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that's a part of the machine he's pushing that just has like a really shadowy thrown on it blanket. That's the the bed. Yep, the bed. There it is. <laughs> and so we take a little snooze on the bed and wake up on Beetle's Island. Way, way, way super far away from Skyloft. It was crazy. Like I was like, this man pedals all this way every day to and fro. Like I, I he is in good shape. Uh, and we go over to the campfire where he's sitting and we, we have a little chit chat with him. And the first thing you're going to notice, and I don't really remember specifics about his dialogue, is that he has like a totally different dialect that when you talk to him in the day, he it's it was like British, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 He was he calls like, you old, he calls you old bug <laughs> because, of course. Yeah. 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 And you can remark on it and he goes, he says something to the effect of like, oh, when I'm away from everybody and I'm finally by myself, I can just be myself and relax. It's like, so you put on a persona for everybody all day? Like, bro, be yourself. Anyways, uh, Beetle, my man, he's, his heart's broken because he lost his most valuable, rarest, and dearest to him pet bug, uh, the... The Golden Stag Beetle? The Horned Colossus Beetle. Horned Colossus Beetle. There you go. 
and he lost it and its cage. Terrible. He must have just dropped it somewhere. I don't know. And a tornado flew it over to the Bug Island, which we'll get right back to. And we offer to help him or not. And if we want to do the side quest, we're obviously going to say yes. So he's he's giddy already. But he says he's not going to get his hopes up too much because who knows where that thing went. How are could, you going to find it? Could be it? anywhere. Yeah, right? Probably died. Nobody to feed it. Yeah, right? Uh, so we, uh, we return to Stretch because now talking about insects with beetle we want to go catch some insects so we head back over there and he is just elated that he found this uh this rare extremely rare beetle how could he ever have found this oh my gosh my credibility in the bug uh super space is gonna be oh, i'm gonna be elon busk <laughs> oh, I'm mad. I'm mad. Yeah, no, he's um, he's like, yeah, my credibility <laughs> in the bug community is gonna be through the. I'm like, bro, the bug community is you, Beetle, and Gully, and you stole that bug from one of those. Two <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he didn't so steal. So all, it. so all you have left is Gully. <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna be stoked. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> And so we have to rain on this poor man's parade and be the messenger of terrible news and tell him that it wasn't that lucky of a find because his buddy Beetle is actually the owner of this pet and is his most prized possession. And when he finds out, he says, man, I feel bad, but you want me to give it back? I don't feel that bad. (laughs) So, I mean, my man doesn't really feel that bad, actually, (laughs) but he, he feels bad enough to give us a chance to win it back by giving him money to play a game. So fair enough. Uh, for half the price of the beginner mode, which was 20 and the expert was 50, so 10, we get to play this game to have a chance to win the beetle. We have three minutes to collect, I think it was 10. 10 bugs? Yep, 10 bugs. It was, and it's exactly the exact same bugs that you'd have to collect if you did the expert challenge. Oh, okay. So it basically is the expert challenge. Yeah, I mean, the expert for 10 challenge... Rupees. If you want to win it, win it, you have to do it in under two minutes. But if you oh. just want to win it regularly, you have to get it under three. So it's like the regular expert challenge, I guess. I would have but almost yeah. beat it then because I got two minutes and four seconds. Yeah, nice. So what we need are like two dung beetles, two grasshoppers, one f- uh, the fly you guys with the fly in their name. The name eludes yeah, me. Yeah, dragon, you know, the, fly. the dragon fly. <laughs> Yeah, that one. We need a grasshopper, a mantis, and a an ant, I think is all of them. And a butterfly. And also yeah. a horned beetle thingy. Those ones. Them. Nice. And you run around the island, you find them. <laughs> There's at least two of each one. I found two of each one minimum. And every time you find a yeah. new one, the game's got to tell you what it is. <laughs> what it do? <laughs> Not mine, though. Yeah, no, I, I already pre-played the game, so I knew where they all were, and it was actually a really quick... Like, I'd already beat the expert mode because I didn't know if I had to, like, play him before something would happen or not. I, did, I just didn't know. So I ended up playing his challenges and beating them. And then I was like, all right, well, that didn't help. So I went back to Beetle and he was like, oh, I lost my Beetle. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, uh, so should you, work. So. Yeah. you got your practice in. Yeah, it's good. And so upon the completion of our three minutes to complete the, the expert run, uh, we get the horned stag beetle or what, what it was called. The Horned Colossus Beetle. Horned Colossus Beetle. And we go back to uh, 
to Beetle, who says again that he's just way too busy pedaling right now to listen to any good news or any kind of news or anything, apparently. Uh, so to go sleep on the bed again, and uh, we'll talk tonight. And uh, you do. You go there. Yeah, I still haven't done this part. <laughs> and uh, he, you give him back his beetle, and he's super happy, and you get some gratitude crystals. And he also says, I demand, I'm pretty sure he said he demands, that we take a 50% discount on the next item we buy in his store as repayment for getting his beetle, which is great because the stuff in his store is very expensive. Yeah, but if you're like me... The stuff in his store is all gone already, so there's nothing <laughs> to buy. <laughs> I'm not like you. And he will still give you, he'll still tell you, hey, oh, 50% off. And like you go in, you're like, on what, Beetle? 50% <laughs> off of what? 50% off of this sign that says there's nothing here? He drives into work every day with no items, just like, man, if only I had <laughs> stuff to sell. <laughs> What is he doing at that point? Right. All right, Beetle. How, how much for the business? It's kind of mad. I want your ship. <laughs> I want your livelihood. Half off. What is it? Half off. <laughs> Give me the full price. You said it yourself. I got a pocket with thousands of rupees at this point, Beetle. There's no escape. Give me a business. <laughs> I still have a heart piece to buy from him, and last I checked, it cost sixteen hundred rupees. So I think I'm gonna cash in for an eight hundred rupee bonus on that quest. Nice. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, I'm still walking around with a beetle in my pocket. I still haven't given it to him. <laughs> you got a new pet. Hey, lo and behold. Right? I'm thinking I think it'll really raise my credibility in the bug community. Yeah, he, I was just about to say, your credibility in the bug community just went way up, man. What'd you do? <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, that's the last of our side quests. Um, so at this point in our game, I mean, you could be up to like 70 gratitude crystals if you were... Uh, if you've done all the side quests that we have, which is a lot. There's only like 80 to get in the game, but the last two are kind of uh, hidden behind a few other main story events. Um, so we will get to those on the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we only have a couple episodes less, guys. This one, this one's scheduled for, I think, like the 20th of December. So Merry Christmas <laughs> or, you know, Kwanzaa or Festivus or Candle Nights or whatever it is you celebrate. Um, Happy holidays. <clears throat> Happy holidays. And we will uh, catch you on the next one. Uh, just as a, as a bit, there's only like 10 days left that I will be doing streams on our Facebook channel uh, for, for charity for the um, uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, uh, like Oshai and Buffalo. Go and donate. Um, but otherwise, if you want to, yeah, if you want to reach out to us. Um, otherwise, you can at our email, afernobefreeass at gmail.com or any of our social media links that are on the page. We have a TikTok now, but it only plays trailers for episodes at this point, so <sighs> it's not that exciting. I know, but we have it. <laughs> it's all good. Yay! <sighs> cool, cool. So yeah, we will, we'll catch you on the next one, y'all. Have a, have a happy holidays, and yeah, look forward to hearing from you. Bye, everyone. Bye, boo. Did you get all that?